Welcome to Game Face, episode 276 on Sifted Games at Sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield. I'm the host of the show, and we have a very special episode today. We have Matt, of course, but we also have a very special guest. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, guys? This is Steve Charles. He pledged at our highest tier last month, uh, and when he did, he said that he thought he was going to come to L.A., and basically, the, the tier that he pledged at is called Game Face Guest. And how it's kind of set up is that we, we would basically sit with you on a Zoom call or whatever and have a discussion and then run it in the show. However, he was going to be in Los Angeles. And so he's like, maybe I could come in and do it live. And here he is. <laughs> yeah. And look, just so you guys know, he's vaxxed up. We've all checked the vax cards and everything. We're being safe about this. Yes. Um, and he also just had a test when he left Canada. He's from Montreal, right? Yep, yep. Montreal, Canada. Yep. And why are you here in LA? I'm promoting my liquor. I'm the owner of uh, LS Cream Liquor, which is basically um, a better tasting Bailey's. <laughs> That's how I call it. But uh, seriously, this is my grandmother's um, recipe. And basically, uh, we used to drink this when we were like, I mean, <laughs> when you're okay, I'm not going to put my parents in <laughs> But in the um, uh, my family's from Haiti, and there's something else called cremas, and we do it uh, at home during the holidays. And I used to see my mom, my aunts, and my grandmother do this. So people around would always come see us and like, oh my God, can you ask your mom or your grandmother to do some for us for the holidays? And I thought to myself, older, uh, what if we took the taste of cremas and we put it in the form of a traditional cream liquor? And LS Cream was born, which is basically my initials and my grandmother's initials mixed together. And yeah, we're distributed around the United States. We actually ship in 33 states. We are in stores in 10 states and, of course, in Canada also at the SEQ. And yeah, we won medals for this. And uh, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty happy. We got a big investor last year. We're, things are looking up. Things are looking up. That's awesome. And actually, we are all drinking it here yep. today. This might be the first time we've ever drank alcohol in Game Face. I think so. <laughs> hey, there's a first yeah. time for everything, yeah. right? So cheers to Steve. Hey, cheers. Montreal. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Yeah. And cheers to you. And cheers to Game Face. I think and it tastes like, like Bailey's. It. You guys like it, huh? Yeah. yeah. It's good. Tasty. It's you also good. got your pitch down. Yeah, of course. And that's what you're here to do, right? Yeah. You're here to like pitch it to restaurants yep. and bars exactly. and investors. Yep. And so I have uh, contacts here that bring me around. Uh, I'm actually going to a cigar lounge later. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so I go to stores. It is tasty. I, I want to keep drinking it, but I'm afraid I'll get hammered by the no, end. No, don't worry. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. It's 17%. Yeah. Uh, but again, uh, yeah, I'm just going around. You don't really understand what I got going on here, man. <laughs> <laughs> a lot it's of only replay. 17% to you. I'm running a TriCaster <laughs> and hosting a show at the same time. It but can yeah. get dirty <laughs> real fast. But yeah, the, again, yeah, I'm just here promoting the, the brand uh, visiting accounts. Uh, we actually have one store now. It's in West Hollywood. It's called Melon Rose that carry the product. Uh, but I'm here to open more, and uh, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. I get Steve. wine there. Oh, at Melon place. Rose. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Now, Steve, you're obviously also a huge gamer, right? Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that's the reason why I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you had worked. You told us before we went on on air that you had worked at Ubisoft for yes, a while, working in like the mobile side of Ubisoft. Yeah, yeah. I was at uh, Ubisoft Quebec. Um, 
at the time they just opened a new office, it was for Long Tail Studios, uh, which was aside from Gameloft, and of course Gameloft is a side of uh, Ubisoft. But yeah, I was a producer there. Uh, I was young, I was 24 years old, 23 or 24, whatever, just got out of college. Uh, they approached me and, uh, and they liked my knowledge of the games and they thought I could do the job. Unfortunately, there were no, there was no job to do. He so sat after, there and collected a check. <laughs> yeah, I was just sitting at my, at my desk, and I was telling you guys there was a guy every morning that would hook up my computer to to a to a, uh, to a screen, whatever, and. I'm like, and I'm just sitting Someone there. Someone pays you to do that? Yep, yep. And then I'm like sitting there for eight hours, and then I feel like the Flintstones, right? And then, and then at, at four o'clock, and then you clock out and then go home, and then you're like, and the next morning you do the same thing. Like, wow, well, I got paid for that. Yeah, but the thing that was cool, I told you guys, was when they brought me to go see uh, Yves Guimau. Uh, in uh, the big man, yeah, the big man in New York on Varick Street, and uh, I was pretty impressed by the, at that time by the operations and whatever. And he's a cool guy and stuff, but it was a long time ago. But uh, that was my stint in the video <laughs> game industry. Yeah, and that was enough. That was. <laughs> it's not the same thing as you're playing. like. You know what? No. I'm just gonna make liquor. <laughs> Ten, ten years later. <laughs> yeah. yep. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thank you guys. This is actually Thank the you. first time we've had someone else in our new studio as well. Yep. Um, so we're making do. We're barely like fitting in. Like I'm right <laughs> on the edge here. Um, I can't really move too much more because I got to get access to the other PC that's off out of shot here. Um, but yeah, this is our first time we've had somebody in our new studio, so we've christened it in that way. Um, one thing that we do do for Game Face guest patrons is they get to choose a topic and we get to discuss it together. And you have chosen a topic that is near and dear to your heart, but I think what was most important to you was that you got to talk about the Saturn, right? Yes. Is the Saturn your favorite console? Uh, I would say that it is. Yeah? I have the fondest memories of it, and uh, I also picked it because I knew that Matt also had fond memories of the Saturn, mm -hmm. too. But, um, yeah, I still cannot comprehend why those games are not... Uh, being either remastered, put somewhere. Of course, there's the ROMs and all that stuff, whatever. Uh, but um, I come from the era where, uh, sorry, where most of the games I had to play came from Japan, and I had to put a disc of an actual American game in my Saturn, open the lid at the right time, switch the, 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 the Japanese disc, and put it in there to, for, for it to be able to play, you know? Right. And that's how much I crave those games, and I was really willing to do anything to play them. Just yep. one note before we get going. Watch your mic. I mean, cause I think oh. your jacket might be tapping it. Yeah, just keep that in mind throughout no problem, the show. No um, so, in light of that, you being a big Saturn fan, yep. you wanted to talk about games that were kind of B tier games that deserve more recognition than they've actually received since they've been released. I would say they eight they are A tier games, not but A versus AAA. I guess. Oh, right, 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 right. In that sense, yeah. Which yeah. B tier kind of the same thing. Right, 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 right. But yeah, definitely because I and there were some of those on the Saturn for sure. Yeah, I think that one of the segments that I like uh, watching Game Face is like I told you guys earlier is your knowledge of the past also, mm -hmm. and and sometimes the past explains the future. It's and, a lot of times and, it does. Yeah, and <laughs> explain decisions that are being made right now. And I forgot the game that you guys were talking about. I remember the B-roll. It was rough. It was like a dinosaur thing. I don't know. It was red all over and whatever. But that, that made me think, oh, my God, there's so much stuff that people don't know. Right? Oh, yeah. that, that happened before, like even younger gamers right now, right? And, and so Do they far, care? So, I think maybe is the better question. But I think, <laughs> I think if you're a fan of an industry, I think it's important to know where it, com where it comes from. Like mm -hmm. you're a fan of music, you would learn about you know, the old 
the you know the the classics, right? And mm -hmm. so far, the fan movies, you know, like uh, you know, uh, you, you can understand. Like, of course, Casablanca is not the, is not my favorite movie ever, but you can understand why it was that thing at that time, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it, and it explains everything. And 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 when you put everything all together, what you realize is that oh, we're not so far from. What was before is just sometimes the graphics are better or stuff like that. But I would argue that some games from the past are better than the games that are coming oh, out yeah. right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, they also had the benefit of being able to do things for the first time, um, which that's an advantage that any old media has. Sure. It's like if you're the first slasher horror film, you have an advantage over the people who are going to do it later on. They have to iterate on it and somehow change it yep. and make it different from what has come before. Yep. So there are advantages to being sort of an early entry in any yep. form of media. Um, but yeah, especially with games, with the technical stuff, like yep. there's an advantage to people who are making games now because yep. it's easier to make them look good. Like when you did the game last week. Oh, by the way, do you have my stickers? I do have your stickers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, by the way. I'm glad you brought that up. I may have actually forgot about it. Yeah. Because, but I brought them. Yeah. And I, I would have brought them and not given them to you. But you know what? <laughs> I was thinking ahead, and I brought his stickers because Steve. One named that yeah. game last week. Yeah, it was. And it we're was actually random. able that was to give him his stickers in person. <laughs> so there you go. And the funny part is, thank you, Shane. If you hadn't mentioned that, I may have walked out of here yep. and never given them to you. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> but just to circle back on what we're saying, like Skies of Arcadia is a game that I played. I never finished it though. But you saw the scale of what they were trying to do yeah. at that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that's why when you said the clues, I was like, but well, that's. That's, it must be Skies of Arcadia, <laughs> right? Because like, when you're talking about an RPG, talking about dreams, that that's what it makes you... Of course, we're talking about the Dreamcast, but that that's what it made me feel, you know? I remember, mm -hmm. like, seeing the, the first previews of that game in magazines and stuff like that, and... Yeah, I think it's... It uh, a, like an open-world action RPG in the skies. Mm -hmm. yep. Literally nothing had come before yep. it like yeah. that. Yeah, yep. and it had yep. the... You know, it was a bright and colorful and up RPG, which yeah. had stopped after Final Fantasy That's VII. Like, right? Everything yeah. was dark, everything was sad, yep. everyone That's had amnesia, exactly, yeah. Yeah. and nobody wanted to be there. Like <laughs> yep. That was what JRPGs were. <laughs> everyone had amnesia. That's great. So anyway, what we're going to do is all three of us have, have chosen three games that we believe that maybe when they came out, they weren't as revered as they deserve mm -hmm. to be, but in hindsight... Uh, they deserve a lot more praise than they got initially. We're going to lead things off with you, Steve. Perfect. What's your first pick? So my first pick is Shining Force 3 okay. on uh, Sega Saturn. And this game, guys, I cannot tell you. I have in my office for the longest time a little screen like this, a Sega Saturn uh, plugged in and Shining Force 3 in it because when I need to uh, uh, leave out on Steam, I just turn around and I start playing it for the fun of it. This is the tactical uh, strategy, tactical RPG that kills them all. Um, wow, big words. Yes, yes. Um, if people are not familiar with the Shining Force series, it started on the Sega Genesis. So the first and the second one were on Sega Genesis, and then they did the third one on the Sega Saturn. What you're seeing on the B-roll is the scenario one, because there was three scenarios, mm -hmm. three games of itself, the way the stories intertwine is i it's mind blowing it's mind blowing mm -hmm. and <clears throat> spoiler at this at how the, do they work how do the three different parts work so basically the so basically other the three parts are three stories from three perspective uh and so let's let me put it that way the, the main story is about two forces two empires uh going to war 
and there's two leaders, two different leaders, right? Uh, scenario one is about, a I'm not gonna say a mercenary, um, I would say maybe some kind of lord, son of a lord, that's well respected within the army. Um, and the second scenario, the, the, uh, the hero is a prince, right? And what happens is that the, they become friends uh, because they find out that there's a bigger threat than their, 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 their war that they're actively fighting, but they're forced to fight each other, right? Uh, okay. And then, and basically the story would, um, what you would do in the first scenario, for example, like in a, you would go in a battle, I remember this battle vividly, uh, there's a train, and you need to be able to cross across the rails of the train, which in a number of turns, mm -hmm. right? If you're not able to do that, you would lose uh, either like a special weapon in the second scenario, or you would not have another character in the second scenario, or even in the third scenario. And that's how they would they, they so, so permadeath. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and that's why I prefer it to. to um, uh, sorry, forgot the name. Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. So that's why this is to me way better than Fire Emblem in terms of the um, uh, the gameplay. Uh, the weapon, what would happen is that you would, uh, for example, if you're a swordman, you would have three types of sword. So we'd have a rapier, a blade, and a normal uh, broadsword. And w whichever you decide to equip, the longer you equip it, the, the, you would have special attacks and critical rates that would uh, improve upon you equipping that, that, that weapon for a long time. So you could have your main hero have a rapier, and he's going to be more agile, have more critical rate, but less strong and stuff like that and, and, and so forth. And that's, that goes for lance, gloves, whatever you name it. And the story is just awesome. And at the, How at, about the fact it's one of the first 3D RPGs? I mean, that's kind of a big deal. It's, listen, I, I, it's, I, I can't say enough about this game. Like, even in the third scenario, uh, all you have a force of like ter, uh, about 48 characters that you can like train and so it's is just amazing and if you had the tree in japan if you had the tree scenarios uh you could there was a card in it that you can send to sega and they would send you the premium disc no which, way which would come in and and you have fights from the that was a remastered or remake from the uh, boss fights from the uh, Shining Force One, Shining Force Two, from the Genesis exactly, games. and you could use the the, the characters from uh, the the from Shining Force Three to uh, tackle those bosses. But I want to mention to people in America because of other Saturn war woes that was happening, they only released the first scenario. Mm. Yeah. And it was one of the near the tail end of the Saturn, so it's one of the last U.S. releases, which means there's maybe. 4,000 copies. Wow. How much is it worth? It's worth a couple hundred. A lot. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, it? Sure. Yeah. Uh, new, you could find it for $900, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, uh, $900 for sure. New, yeah. unsealed, uh, uh, sealed, I mean. Yeah. yeah this is uh, along with Panzer Dragoon Saga and House of the Dead and uh, Burning Rangers. This yeah. is one of the t the rare U.S. Yeah. Saturn Magic, yeah, yeah, Magic Knight, Rayher for Dragon Force. All mm -hmm. of those, are if they're sealed... You're looking at thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, for sure. Why have they not made any modern versions of this series? Uh, there have been, uh, mostly on the G the GBA and the. Yeah, DS. I mean, it's been what ten years since they've made one. Maybe like Saturn. Uh, I mean, Sega doesn't really do this anymore. Yeah. And yeah. like, frankly, I mean, look, I also I agree that Shining Force is better than Fire Emblem. To me, Fire Emblem is like, well, if they're not going to make Shining Force, I'll play, I'll this. play this. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> Uh, because Shining Shining Force has a has a scale and a you know 
like Fire Emblem does pretty well with the, with the characters and sort of the the storytelling in that regard. But Shining Force has always felt like a war, yeah, like a global sh- yep. a world shaking event happening. Yep. Suikoden also had that, yeah, um, and. Uh, a lot of it is because they've lost a lot of the source code. Is there any way to play this now? Yes. Well, I mean, you can go track down. Is a that copy like a on. collection or? There is no collection. Uh, you, your options are to get a Saturn and and find this disc or emulation. Yeah. Uh, and I will say that in the emulation community, I believe there are fan-made English translations yes. of the other two. Now. I can confirm that. So, wow. You, can, you yes. can play the all three of them in English now if you are willing to commit some light piracy <laughs> of a twenty-five-year-old game. Look, you're I not mean, taking money away. Yeah, He's losing money yeah. if you decide to do that. Right? I would yeah. confirm what Matt just said. That's how I played the, uh, played the other scenarios. I actually, in the 80s, so we're talking about 1998 now. We're talking yeah. about 1998, 1999. Um, at that time, I literally, first, before it was on the ROM, on the, on, on the CDs, they actually translated the, the, the whole game, the whole two scenarios on paper. So oh wow! On the, on, on the internet, <laughs> I was playing at home, at reading my mom's house, the translation, reading the yeah. translation of every scene to know what to, do, to go to, to where to go next, mm-hmm. and and so forth. That's how much committed I was about about this game. And I would say another thing also, and, and we can change after that. Um, it was also linked to another game, uh, which is called Shining the Holy Ark. Right. And and basically there are enemies from this game. So the story basically. The story of Shining the Holy Ark transcends into that story also, which again is a whole other spec. And I'm, if you're a fan of Fire Emblem, you need to find a copy of that game and find a way to play it. You will not be disappointed. I'm telling you, it's one of my, it's it's my best game uh, uh, ever. Wow, yeah. big praise. From someone who's been playing games as long as you, that's some big words. A hundred percent. All right, so let's move on to Matt's first pick. Uh, this game isn't actually all that old no um, i went pretty recent with these i didn't know we were going uh oh it's fine ancient it's totally if i'd fine. known we were going saturn era i would have my pick would be dragon force ah. um because that is easily one of my top 10 games of all time and i just replayed it last year because i went to the trouble of hooking my saturn up to a hdmi and the whole thing and got the cables for it and everything and i put in uh put in dragon force and i'm like i'll just play this for a bit nope played it for 80 hours wow like, played it all over again i'm wow. like yeah this is still great that's amazing um but your first pick instead is my first pick is also still really great which is disco elysium yeah um so this this just I it's think, hard to call this b tier don't you think it's made by four people on like a hundred thousand dollar budget. It's yeah, not, it's it's. it's the I guess definition. I'm just looking at how successful it's been. Really, I don't know how successful you'd call this in comparison to like Last of Us Two. This is definitely well, yeah. a B I movie mean, equivalent. Like yeah. I mean, these guys, I don't think will ever make anything we would. I don't think these guys will ever make something we wouldn't call triple A again, because this game has built made their reputation, and they will have investors, and they will have. You know, surely Microsoft and and uh, Sony are, are taking note of these guys. Yeah, but it is kind of appropriate in that it is a throwback to games of the of that were being done around the same time as the Saturn. Like this is a callback to games like, uh, especially Planescape Torment, yeah. which was ninety nine. Um, you know, isometric, fairly combat light. Um, in fact, all combat in this game is just done through a single die roll from one of your one of your skill checks, and it's mostly just text. And yeah. the original version was a lot of reading. The final cut that came out on PlayStation earlier this year and just, I think, came out on Xbox and Switch like a couple weeks ago, um, that is fully voiced now. Um, and uh, it is like almost nothing else you can play right now. It is, 
it is incredibly smart. It is. It is, and it uh, may stay that way for a while. Yeah, I think so. This is no the one type else of game you can just this. whip up overnight. No, this is this is a, a passion project by a, a, a like a very small Eastern European team um, who just wanted to make a game along the lines of I think the games they grew up making that grew up playing that aren't made anymore. And they went in real hard on this. Like you can, you know, you wake, you you play as a as a police detective who wakes up mostly naked and hungover and can't remember anything, including his own name and his own occupation, in a hotel room. And you have to sort of piece together who you are. But part of the reason that's there is it the game gives you the option to construct his personality out of your dialogue choices, and you can eventually create ideas. And if you equip those ideas in your in your mind palace you become a different thinking person and you can make him like a hardcore like anarcho capitalist or a hardcore communist or a royalist who thinks that the the king should be in charge or someone you know or or uh, or someone who you can convince yourself you can convince yourself that you're a rock star you aren't no one thinks you're a rock star. Everyone knows you're not a rock star. But you can convince yourself you are, and all your dialogue will slowly change to reflect that you think you are a famous musician. Wow. And no one else thinks you are, but you will still behave that way. And that's sort of how this game rolls. It lets you, like, I've died in the first five minutes because I tried to grab the wrong thing off a moving fan and I hit my head <laughs> and died. Because um, you wake up, you're, like, drunk. Really and drunk. Over, right? And if yeah. you don't have a high enough... You know, life skill, basically, you know, all your skills determine your, your hit points. And, all, and if you don't have it high enough, like, you could kill yourself trying to get a tie off a fan. Yeah. You know? Um, it's it's really, it's very funny. It's very smart. There's, like, weird, it's weirdly touching at times. Uh, it's disturbing in places. It is uh, one is of the... Is it a long game? It can be if you, yeah. if you really poke around and do everything. But there is a time limit on some things. Right. Like, everything you do takes time. Right. Um and you've got you here. You've got the different archetypes. You can create your own. It's fascinating because you can you know if you put a lot of points into psych into psyche psyche, um, you'll have a lot of insight and a lot of things will be going on in your head. But if you're but you might you're going to have to be either weak or less you know weaker physique or mm. or not as intelligent. That's a lot of fun to play a character in this game who is really strong in like psyche and like intuition but is really dumb <laughs> and like so you can't make any logic leaps but you think like all these amazing magical things are happening around it's very it's kind of very david lynch it's it's uh you can do a pretty good uh uh you can be, it, it, it you know the, 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 what you're doing is the same in terms of physical actions but the way the character reacts to it is completely different and the way the characters react to that reaction is completely different and it is uh, it's just unlike anything else I've ever seen, and with the extra voice acting, it really changed. Like they've got one guy doing all, what is it? Um, I think it's thirty-two different voices. Whoa! Because every wow. sk every skill in the game is a different voice in the character's head, and so the one guy is doing a different voice for every skill. Wow. And those skill you can see in the in the text there, each little like thing where it says like what. Um, uh, well, trash container is not a character, but um, <laughs> you'll see like you know hanged man or inner you know inland empire and stuff like that, and that's are those are all skills, and they all have different voices that the guy's doing to. Uh, to 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 personify what's happening in the in the character's head, and you'll have. 10 minute long conversations in your head with yourself before you respond in the middle of a conversation and sometimes that's just something that happened and no one reacts to it and sometimes people are like what were you doing for 10 minutes while while we all stood here staring at you yeah. um it's really really 
uh, one of the best things I played in of many many years. Yep. Like, and I believe it just launched for Xbox yeah, and Switch, just, right? Final Cut just came out on on Switch and uh, and Xbox, and I think the physical ver- physical copies either out now or coming soon. Yep. If you're if you're Into one of those people of that insists on having a disc. Yep. But uh, if you haven't played this thing and you have uh, the patience for something weird and Lynchian and and just just r- something that really doesn't talk down to you, like. I can't recommend Disco Elysium enough. I, I've thrown it at people I, I know who have, who don't play games much at all, but I know appreciate a good dose of weird, and they've all come away. Like, I had one guy who was just mad that he didn't play it, like, six months ago when I told him to. Uh-huh. He's like, I can't believe I waited this long to play it. So, it was so stupid. I'm like, so, yeah, I, I think it's... Um, I think it's one of the easiest recommends of the generation. Okay. Nice. Um, my first pick is a game that's not that old, but it's not that new either, and it is Journey. Mm-hmm. Now, the first thing I will say about Journey is when it came out, I was not one of the people that was like, Journey deserves Game of the Year. Hmm. And there were people that worked with me at Game Trailers who absolutely, in fact, I think that was a big argument we had, is there were a couple people on our staff who were pushing for Journey to be Game of the Year, and I was kind of the the blockade keeping that from happening and it wasn't just me there were other people who felt the same way but there were people who thought it should be game of the year the, the year it came out i do not believe that to be the case however what it year is was a, it oh was it 2009 is that right maybe i can't remember was it like ps uh, ps3 PS2, beginning of ps3 yeah i think so yeah um but there were people pushing for it to be game of the year um i honestly didn't even play it at first because i wasn't the one assigned to review it and so I was like, all right, well, if people are talking about maybe this game of the year, I need to play it. And I was pleasantly surprised by this game. Um, what I liked most about 2012. this game... 2012. 2012. Oh, wow. I was way off on that one. What I liked the most about this game is, one, it doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't really tell you what to do or how to do it. Mm-hmm. It just allows you to discover it on your own. But the way the game is set up, there are subtle cues that sort of take the player down the road teaching them how to play it. And then there's like this really cool cooperative element to the game where you just they're like you can't really communicate with other people. Mm-hmm. There's just kind of like these little like sound cues that you get. Um, it was just this very subtle, very interesting, beautiful, gorgeous game um, that I I'll be honest, I don't know that I've played anything like it since. Now, I think if you had games like this coming out consistently, like every month or even every 6 months, they might lose their charm a little bit, but I think a lot of developers are afraid to try stuff like this. Um, and so the bravery of the studio to work on this um, and then to realize their vision and execute it in a great way, it was just, it was in a very emotional game without any dialogue. Right. That's hard to do. Yep. It really hard to do. Um, and so it left a lasting impression on me, to be sure. Um, again, I wasn't like a champion for it, like a lot of other people were that I worked with. But I really enjoyed it, and it still has stuck with me to this day. Um, and I think it did actually end up winning some Game of the Year awards from other some, publications. Not from you. No, nope, definitely not from me. <laughs> that was that was The Walking Dead. Yeah, The Walking Dead. Oh, you mean at the VGAs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe Journey should have won. May, if, yeah, it's definitely better than The Walking Dead. I would definitely give Journey that over Walking Dead at this. Certainly in, hides, in hindsight. Well, do you remember how angry I how I like, yeah. was like that's bullshit that The Walking Dead won Game yeah. of the Year? Yeah, I think I was right. Yeah, I think you were. I mean, Walking Dead is still good. I got a, good. a lot of shit for that, man. 
I remember someone from IGN went after me at the VGAs because I said it shouldn't be game of the year. I'm not going to call people out, but mm-hmm. like we were doing like some little thing for the VGAs where mm-hmm. he and I were in this little room off to the side where they're getting like commentary as they go to commercial right. or whatever. And I like, remember when they did that. Yeah. yeah. And so we had like our little discussion about stuff. And then we all, we both walked out of the room and he's like, Hey, and he's like, I want to <laughs> talk to you about this. And I was just like, whatever, Come here, dude. buddy. Yeah, like, exactly. What? Get away from me, Come dude. On. Like <laughs> it ended up, I was right. I'm not always right, but in that case, I think I, mean, I, I was glad to see like a, basically a point and click adventure being recognized the way it was. Yeah. I like that genre, but yeah, but best game of that. I mean, it's a tough one. It's it's hard to say that. It was. Ten a da- years later. I'll say this: it was not a great year for games. No, it was. Just looking up the the critical. I looked up the critically acclaimed games of 2012. No, yeah. it really was. It was. <laughs> it, was it was. Slim it may Pickens. be one of the worst years ever for yeah. game releases. Actually, I don't know what happened in 2012, but yeah, I remember. they shut G4 down. That's what happened. <laughs> there you go. And it just screwed everything. It screwed up. everything up. <laughs> okay, Charles, we're ready for your second pick. Right. So, and it uh, is Thief Two. Mm. The Metal Age. I was surprised at this pick. Um, again, uh, the praises for this game are... are it's so a pioneering long. game. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. It's people that played Splinter Cell, people that played... Uh, Metal Gear. Uh, yeah, Metal Gear. Or, um, uh, even, uh, what's the... forgot the name of uh, Bethesda. No, the, um, um, you can control rats or something. What is Dishonored. It? Dishonored uh, or something like that. But... Thief is great, greater than all of those games. Um, the reason why is the ambiance. You, I've never played a game. This is literally, literally a game that you need to play in a dark room at night with silence. You cannot. You, you, your your girlfriend cannot be next to you if she's not into that. Like there's, you need to play this alone in an environment and and. Uh, the ambiance is nothing else. They, it had um, at the time it had the um, cover system where the little jewel in the middle of the screen a- indicates uh, how visible you are. Um, and again, we're talking about 1998, 1999. Um, so I wanted to talk about this game because yes, I like it a lot, uh, but also because I think they made um, a mockery of this game with the latest adaptations of it. Yeah. Um, and that has to do I would with, agree with that. They, yeah. they changed the tone of the franchise. They budgeted it. They yeah. budgeted it. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. Um, the artistic choices, even if maybe uh, they were limited maybe of re- because of resources or whatever it was, it worked, yeah. right? There was a mix of... Uh, some scenes were a mix of... Uh, um, uh, FMV and um, and, and uh, graphics um, and those cut scenes are to date. The like before you so okay. I'll just explain the the way the game is played. So you play as Garrett, which we which is a master. He is a master thief. But the reason why he's a master thief is not because he's just a thief. He's be, it's because in the first game, what you learn is that. He was pickpocketing people, like it's a steampunk environment. He was pickpocketing people and he had a skill. And somebody noticed that skill and that person was from some kind of uh, oracle or whatever, like they call them the keepers, right? And the keepers are there, but they're not meant to be seen. And Garrett, as a young child, was able to see them, right? Mm -hmm. And at that point, what happened is that, oh, you have a skill, maybe we should bring you in. Mm-hmm. So they teach him how to not be seen to, for him to be, you know what, I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just going to go back to the streets and use what I learned to just rip off 
uh, lords and barons that are doing bad stuff anyways, right? Basically and be Robin Hood. Robin Hood, but in a cooler way, right? Yeah. So, and he winds up in this whole story by like by mistake, right? And and he and he has to fix it, right? And and that's the first game. In the second game, it's basically you're trying to stop a prophecy from happening, something that you learn in the first game. And by learning uh, and by trying to do this, you have to go through missions because the game always starts by okay, first do this, and and then you 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 find out that oh that's in uh, that's related to this thing that I need to do, and the missions are huge. They are fun. Like I remember playing this game and for the first time, and the sec the, the the stage you're seeing here right now, the warehouse. This took me two hours and forty-five minutes just to finish. Like, is that good? Is that a good thing? It's a good thing because because you want to find everything, right? Yeah. Because remember, he's a thief, so we have objectives. So if you if you're easy, you have to find eight hundred in gold. If you're uh, normal, you have to find one thousand six hundred dollars in gold. If you have expert, you have to go open everything and pickpocket everyone, open all the doors and and everything. And finding all those stuff, it's Fun. There's a lot of secret doors in it, and the story is awesome. The voice acting from the actor that does uh, Garrett is awesome, also, and the other people also. Um, I think it's. Um, I, I think my it's, big complaint about it was that the AI was like brain dead. So that's like, I felt like I could just walk right up to people and like they couldn't see me a lot of times. Right. That's how good you are. <laughs> right. I, definitely not the case. So right. Garrett, Garrett says good. All oh, right, right, got you. So that's the thing. So I think that um, uh, part of the thing about Thief is that the guards, they're, they're not your enemy. The sense that you're not supposed to get killed by a guard, mm -hmm. right? So it's just a question of how you're gonna neutralize them, right? So it's fairly easy, it, especially if you're uh, playing on easy. Yeah. Oh, you can just use that bow and you'll be good. Mm -hmm. Try and play on expert. Yeah, I never played and it on the hard, I never play any game on the expert. hardest setting. So it's like the conversation you guys were having about Itman Tree, right? Which again, I think this is better than Itman Tree of the way like the way that it presents itself, but it's the same thing, right? It's a uh, but even in that game, try to just run. Like in Hitman, you can run and just like kill the guy that you need to kill, yeah. and the game is gonna be over. In this, you need to find stuff because it's part of the story, right? Right. right. So yeah. you can't finish the mission if you have all the gold because you need the manuscript or you need the scepter that whatever fence asks you to go get. And then when you go and meet the fence, the fence is dead. Why? Because they were trying to get you. Why? And then you need to find out why. And then what I like about this game is he has no limits. So, oh, the sheriff needs is after me. Well, I got to go to the precinct inside the, the, the where everybody wants me dead and find out what's going on. And then you mm -hmm. find other stuff. Um, again, uh, top tier uh, game for me. I can't praise it enough. I think it's the... The um, like you said, the precursor to a lot of games that people don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and funny story, I discovered this game because of I think it was PC Magazine. They were giving demo disc uh, inside back when the, there were the demo discs. <laughs> yeah. I remember magazine, those, yeah. And I discovered Thief because uh, OPM used to do that. Official mm -hmm. PlayStation Magazine used yep. to give you demo demo discs. Yep. Yep. And the studio that made this game is called Looking Glass, and mm -hmm. they were yeah. dissolved. Oh, yeah, they're not even around anymore. Yeah. More Inspector and all yeah. those guys. And uh, yeah, yeah, you don't get Dishonored without this game existing. Oh yeah, oh you can definitely see Dishonored in that. Beetle, yeah, without a doubt. It was like this and Deus Ex yeah. were the kind of twin. You know, 
two sides of the same coin in terms of, I mean, what would now be called by obnoxious people, immersive sims. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do, uh, I don't like stealth stuff too much, but Thief 2 is definitely the best of its of its kind. You're also right, Steve, that they completely ruined the franchise. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 new, the new one is just bizarre just, choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if they were, if it were good or even excellent, mm-hmm. it's kind of irrelevant because it does just completely obliterate the tone yeah. of yeah. the original games. Yeah. It's yeah. Va- it was basically infected by Assassin's Creed. Yeah. That's yeah, to put yeah, it. that's what it, yeah, it, that's mm-hmm. what it felt like, yeah. Okay, cool. that's a good pick. Matt, your next choice is Cloudpunk. Yes. What do you like about this game? Um, so this is sort of unintentionally a bit of a throwback, I guess. So this is a, it's built with voxels, like rough voxels, if you mm-hmm. look closely. Um, so as we've, as I think has been somewhat established, I do really like cyberpunk stuff and Blade Runner stuff. and You don't the, say. The aesthetic of that kind of thing. So what Cloudpunk is, is you are the driver for a, a hover car delivery service basically called cloudpunk and you're it's your first night on the job and the last person who drove your car something happened to them that they won't get into and you do a few early things and kind of like let you know you're activating your ai like you have a partner ai which is actually your dog which may or may not be your actual dog that you've downloaded into a car and the dog is like where am i why am i a car kind of it's it's very weird um and like so very quickly it turns out that there's some shady stuff going on so you have to sort of maneuver your way through that but basically it's a giant open city it's not open world because there's load screens you're you go between areas of the city but in these areas here you can fly anywhere like you can go down and up and over, and you go faster on the on the actual roads, like the freeways and stuff. But you can fly wherever you want. You can land on landing pads, and then you can get out as a little like block stick figure character <laughs> and run anywhere. Like there's people you can talk to. You can do quests and fetch quests and buy stuff and get ramen noodles and like like pick stuff up and go up the elevators into the different ho- skyrise hotels and meet people who don't think you should be where you are and like like get extra jobs and uh buy upgrades and buy new things for your car and like a little bit sounds like an, an immersive sim it kind of it's, <laughs> i wouldn't necessarily go that far it's more of an immersive sim than immersive sims are yeah <laughs> um and it just it, this is this was like a weird little indie thing that i found on xbox last year and it was like 15 bucks and it just and like it just kind of blew me away it was yeah it was you know i was waiting for cyberpunk to come out and uh i actually enjoyed this more <laughs> in the end um and like it you know the graphics look a little rough when you get in close because they are you know it's a, it's a small indie game that like not many people have heard of and it's mm-hmm. it's you know the budget is probably fairly minor but i think what they're after is really cool and it reminds me of those you know 90s era ambitious pc games like thief like Bethesda's Terminator game, like those things that were trying to do something that they weren't ready, that no one was ready to do right. yet, mm-hmm. and but they kind of did it. You know, you're like it's rough, and maybe someone, maybe someone wouldn't want to want to play like Arx Fatalis now, but at the time it was like, what are these crazy people doing? Like, how yeah. did they do this? How did they make it so I can kill a thing and take their ribs and go find a fire and cook up some ribs and eat that later, and that's how I get my health back? It was, it was like it was just that flow of things, and Cloudpunk kind of has that where you really feel like you are in, you feel like this cyberpunk city is a really, really a functioning place. With like you land, oh, there's restaurants over here. This is where the hotels are. Over here is where the like I, I got to get to. Sometimes you're like, oh, I got to get to this this apartment. Plane. You can follow the the objective marker, but then like 
the place you have to park is like uncomfortably far away and you're like yeah that's totally how they would have designed that like because you have to walk through the retail section first you know they, yeah. they want you to look at the shopping district before you get to the, re the residential area and like it's all very well thought out and the story is actually pretty intriguing because you know it becomes sort of like the usual corporate because cloud punk is maybe not the most licensed company in the city and like that starts to become a thing um but it's really cool and i never heard anyone talk about it except me uh, so i try to like make people play it or make people aware of it when i can okay. i think this is a nice little hidden so gem this is the there. real cyberpunk uh, yeah, I, I think this is, I mean, if you're willing to drive a car, a, fl a hover car more than you are willing to run around and shoot people because there's no shooting, um, it's just like a sort of a story delivery driven thing. It also reminds me of an old game I used to play on the Commodore 64 called Space Taxi. Um, and it blows my mind that there aren't there what hasn't been maybe there has been a modern space taxi remake but that was that was a 2D game where you it was like Joust sort mm -hmm. of where you had a little, a little taxi with jets on it and you fl flew up and someone like like would it hail you and it was right. like a it was like a digitized voice thing it was like hey taxi and you'd come and <laughs> land you had to put the landing gear down and land like safely and they'd come over and get on they'd be like pad two please and like you have to fly over to pad two and like if you hit things or landed bad they wouldn't give you money they wouldn't, they wouldn't tip you because you like had a bad ride and basically you had to do that until you earn enough money to move to the next thing and there's like eventually there'd be like weird obstacles and stuff but that reminds me of that too right um because you do slowly damage your car if you keep hitting things and uh -huh. you have to pay to repair it and then that can you know you use up all your money and you're like oh i can't afford my car repairs anymore it's like it's it sounds like an immersive sim it's uh in the purest sense of the right. term i mean it, it, not it, what yeah. people are calling immersive yeah, right. sims it's, it's, now. yeah not a first person action right. rpg which is what deus people ex is decided to call immersive <laughs> this is an immersive world that is simulating simulating something. things yes, yes. Yeah, exactly okay that's a good so, yeah. pick man uh my second pick people might be surprised by this one well maybe not is Fall Guys. Um, I'm a huge fan of 3D platformers. Hmm. I felt like I had waited a really long time for an innovation in the genre, and I felt like I usually relied on Nintendo to do that, and I was surprised that this little team, again, I think this is a handful of people that made this game, um, managed to find this unique twist on a genre that I love so much. Um, I would not be surprised if Nintendo eventually does sort of maybe try its hand at something like this, I mean, imagine if Fall Guys were branded in Mario stuff, if it was set in yeah. the Mushroom Kingdom. It feels like something you could easily do with, like, Pikmin mm. or yeah, something. Yeah, that wouldn't be a bad idea either. Or, but like, a mode in Splatoon. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do 3D platforming, though, you're probably going to use Mario, mm. be my guess. But it's just... That's a lot of toads. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> I bet you probably have, like, 60 Mario characters at right. this point. Maybe... Yeah, you, you gotta be getting pretty no, close. Like in Mario Kart, there's a lot of yeah. characters. I mean, there's like so. 18. If you're including 20. all the enemies and everyone who's ever been in right. any of the spin-off things, yeah. like characters from like Luigi's Mansion and yeah. and the Paper yeah. Mario stuff, yeah, you probably could get there. Like yeah. The the Mario and Luigi games, like you're probably you could probably get 60 characters out of that. Like I love the concept of Fall Guys. I feel like it's executed okay. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like if Nintendo took a shot at something like this, it could really become something amazing. Not that Fall Guys isn't. Obviously, it's one of the biggest releases of the year it came out. Yeah, but it's one of those things where it's like it would just, something with recognizable IP would have instant traction in a way. And just, you know, the controls. Nintendo's, generally, the controls mm -hmm. in Nintendo games are great. Yeah. Well, you, um, so, they're a little so loose in this. And, you don't buy the thing that like they're like that on, on purpose? Maybe a little, yeah, because I think sort of the bumbling element of it yeah. is what adds to some of the fun. Like you um, don't want anyone to really be able to perfect it, you know. Like you want to, you want a little random in it. Or you can have power ups that give people mm -hmm. increased control mm -hmm. for 
like five seconds or something like uh, that yeah. to help Among them get a, ahead. Uh, yeah, Fall Guys with blue shells would definitely be uh, <laughs> definitely that a wrinkle. Yeah. But I really enjoyed this game. It became a smash hit, which surprised me. It's not mm-hmm. really the type of game I, I normally would think would do really well with a mass audience other than Mario. Is Mario is really the only 3D platforming franchise that still manages to do well mm-hmm. with a bigger audience. Um, and so, you know, it's it's one of those games that was designed perfectly for what it was meant to do. And as to Matt's point, I, I agree. I do think that maybe they nerfed the controls a little bit on purpose to kind of create a mania about mm-hmm. the game where you don't feel like you're always in control. Um, it was just kind of a perfect blend of a lot of different elements to make it a hit. And uh, so, yeah, to me, it was a B-tier game. It came out of nowhere to become a smash hit and a game that I personally really enjoyed playing and had a lot of fun with. I so. never played the Fall Guy. You haven't played it? No, no. Yeah. I haven't. Done, I think that will be on my... Yeah, wasn't it on free on PlayStation, PlayStation Plus? Yeah, it was, it was a PlayStation Plus. You missed your window. Yeah. yeah. I would it's probably fun. still no, pay I for actually, it. I actually downloaded it, but I never played it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Give it a go, man. Um, I think it, for a lot of people, it's a pleasant surprise. And now they've added so much onto it. It's almost an entirely different game from whenever it launched. Right. Um, so it has tons of content now. That was my, the big drawback at first was that there wasn't enough maps mini games. It got to the point where you could memorize each one and the people who had memorized them were at a distinct disadvantage. But now there's so many maps. I mean, I'm sure there's people who have memorized them all. Um, I'm not one of them. But as a newbie, it's like you're not going to memorize them all in like an hour like you could when it first launched. So there's just a lot more content there now for people who want to check it out. I highly recommend it. All right, Steve. It's time for your last pick, my friend. Yeah, this was hard. Uh, this was hard because uh, initially, remember, I sent you five games. You did. You yeah, and I was like, and actually, <laughs> what I told you is bearing out right now because we're almost an hour into the show and we're still in the first segment. So at first, he was like, I got five, and I was like, let's cut it to three because by the time three of us get through three picks, it'll take a while. And here we are, uh, almost an hour in, um, and, and now it's your third pick. Yeah, my third pick. Uh, it's Final Fantasy Tactics. Yep, we've talked um, about that a few times here on Game Face. Yes. Uh, again, uh, if you don't know by now, I'm a classic guy. <laughs> but uh, again, I remember when this came out out of nowhere. Uh, we were still we were still renting games at that at that time. I just went to my local. You know, we always had that renting shop that was like better than the other bigger. That wasn't thing. Blockbuster. Yeah, right. But they got a lot more games. And yeah. this came on the shelf out of nowhere. I rented it, and funny story is, is the first battle of this uh, uh, tactical RPG is you're you're in a village, and I didn't know that you could choose other characters to fight with you. Mm -hmm. So for people that are familiar with (laughs) tactics, the two main characters at the beginning are Delita and Ramza, and basically, uh, for some reason, they need to fight some thieves or whatever. And I'm doing this battle with two characters when I could actually have six or seven total. <laughs> and I actually managed to beat everyone by strategically knowing, okay, I'm going to kill the other character. Because when you kill an enemy, it's uh, after three turns, uh, they're either going to transform into a chess or uh, a crystal. And the crystal would give you your HP and your MP back. So at that time, I didn't have any items. It's the first fight, so I was like... I was, I kept on dying, I'm dying, I'm dying. I was like, okay, I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna kill this guy there, so that way I'm gonna have enough panels to be able to reach because my elf is gonna be depleted, so I'm gonna be able, and, and then afterwards I learned that when you're placing the characters at the beginning, you just need to press right, your right and left <laughs> buttons and you have other characters yeah. that you can well, add. That was the other thing about renting games is a lot of times you didn't get the instruction manual. Yeah, that's true. You'd have that's to just true. figure them out on that's your true. own. That's and true. there was no internet 
to or like for, tell yeah, you what to do. Yeah, you know, or for me, that's the way I, I learned how to talk, uh, how to read English is because of Final Fantasy IV because wow. French is my that's first language, awesome. right? So like I, it forced myself. I wanted to understand with the game, so I, I had no choice. But that's not, uh, not a near or there. But to go back to tactics, the reason why I love it is because of the story. I yeah. still believe that that story. It's a great story. Uh, yeah. I believe that that story could be on a fi uh, could be a film. I just came out of seeing uh, the Last Duel uh, with uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and um, uh, I forgot the Adam story. Driver. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Adam Driver. And even though I didn't like the ending of that movie, it reminds me of what tactics could look like if they decided to do uh, do it as a um, as a movie. But that's how good the 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 story is in that game. It is that it is that good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, the strategy in it, I really liked it. Also, of course, the job system was really like you know intuitive with uh, mixing. Uh, skills from other jobs, of course, you know, to to be able to. Uh, so for me, it was uh, I had the monk, but with two swords. So uh, so the monk is really st strong, but when you have two swords, you have two punches. And uh, I, I and I had the teleport from the time mage. So sometimes I could finish <laughs> a fight. I remember one fight was uh, you at the beginning of this uh, this ca uh, a cathedral with a bell on top, and you need to go up. You know, uh, uh, all the way fighting enemies, and I just teleport to the top, just kill the guy, and the fight is over in yeah, like yeah. 30 seconds. So there was a lot of things that you could do uh, to change that, but um, to make your characters more interesting. But yeah, I just have fun memories of this game. I think that, again, uh, in terms of strategy games, if you like Fire Emblem, to be honest, this is a lot of revenge that I'm putting on this show because Fire Emblem, three houses disappointed me so much that I feel that it's a must for people that liked it that they go and play those games because why did it disappoint you Matt and I told you that it wasn't going to be that it wasn't that great yeah I mean, I mean we liked it but I mean, a lot of people gave it high scores but we were two of the people who was like oh slow that roll a little yeah, bit I think it's like when, you, when it's been a long time you didn't eat and then you have your first uh, meal yeah it, it you eat way good. too fast yeah, there, there isn't really anything else like that right yeah now. strategy strategy Japanese strategy RPG is pretty light on the ground. Right. Yeah, it's true. So you have treehouses.com, but every time I play... I'm not asking you why you bought it. I'm asking you why you were surprised it wasn't amazing. Um, it's... I felt that it was too... I felt it was cliche. I felt it was, uh... uh no, I'm not asking... No, that's not what I'm asking either. Yeah. I'm not asking why you didn't like it. Right. I'm asking why your expectations were so high for it. Oh, so right. disappointed. I don't know because of the marketing, I guess. Yeah, uh, and, and, it's always and, interesting to kind of look at where did I get that hype from, right? Uh, the tree characters reminded me of Shining Force Tree. I um, thought maybe it was going to be in that vein, right? It didn't even rush yeah. what it could be. Yeah, and uh, I think the ending is dumb. I think uh, you got your money's worth, though. Yeah, you got your money's worth. It goes on and on. But and if on. you finish playing the game and you throw the control on the ground and like screw this game. I, was, it a, was it a good value then? No, yeah. it wasn't. A good, for, me, yeah. for me, that's really how I value a game. I, I need, when I come to the end, I need to, you know, everything needs to come together. And I just do an, an honor, honorable mention to Hollow Knight and Core Trigger because those were my two other picks. And Hollow Knight is that game. You finish the game and you're like, oh my God. Like, you put it and you're like, that was, you know. And you do the same thing with tactics. And all those games, like you finish them and you feel that you accomplished something. You know?
You do. Yeah. <laughs> the times you're like, Phew. right, right. <laughs> They're a long journey. Okay, those were all good picks. Like really good picks. Uh, Matt, what is your last pick? Uh, my last pick is. Um... <laughs> you didn't put it on the. <laughs> it's Rebel, Rebel Galaxy, Galaxy Outlaw. Outlaw. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Rebel Galaxy Outlaw is the sequel to Rebel Galaxy. Um, a little, uh, little indie game out of Texas uh, that originally was going to be... So Rebel Galaxy was originally going to be like a Wing Commander kind of game. And then they saw Star Citizen existed and decided <laughs> that they didn't want to compete with Star Citizen. Which still, when, which still is not out and not... I mean, yeah. So so that's why Rebel Galaxy is more of a... You, you drive a capital ship and it's more of like... It's more like it plays music and playing Oh, because I have the... Mm. Actually, let's stop just for a second, because people have been asking if we are going to go to the Sony State of Play. We are not. Um, for the reason that we just don't have the audio capability for us to hear what's going mm -hmm. on while you guys watch it. So we totally understand if you guys want to head over and check out Sony State of Play. We are not covering it here live on the show, though. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, so the first one was changed to be basically you, you drive fly a capital ship, and it plays a lot like the uh, the ship sequences in Assassin's Creed. Um, you know, you're, you're rotating around it, firing cannons, that kind of thing. And then they realize that Star Citizen um, basically doesn't exist, so uh, they can <laughs> they can make the game they wanted to. So the sequels yeah. are called Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. It's a prequel. You play as the ant of your character from the first game, who in the who is uh, in the first game at the beginning. She's she's dead and has left you. Her uh, her ship basically, and told you to go meet one of her old contacts from when she was a, a hotshot pilot hmm. pirate, and you so you inherit this old ship, and like you're kind of like discovering what your aunt's life was like and who all these people were. So this is a, a prequel that flashes back to when she was young and uh, like l learning to become like this hotshot pilot. So this is very much a like a wing commander, X wing kind of thing, uh, or or um um. Or elite, if you want to call it, that, because there's a lot of trading. So um, you get a ship, and you uh, get a, little, a couple contacts, and you start trading and fighting and doing quests and uh, upgrading your stuff and buying new ships and going to different planets and going to different uh, uh, solar systems. And uh, it is the closest thing to a modern take on like kind of the Wing Commander elite thing, other than like Elite Dangerous, which is like you know big and sort of a, you know Elite Dangerous is a little bigger and more complex than maybe you want if you yep. remember these games fondly that. yeah for sure this is very um user-friendly like it's digestible you know, landing on things is autopiloted um you know you can you can do that can do the, the wing commander thing where you can just autopilot to the next interesting part of the flight you mm -hmm. don't have to sit there and just yeah. fly for minutes at on end unless you want to you can um and it's more about the interaction with with characters and the trading things at different places and going new places and exploring these things and being in these weird worlds and um and blowing up pirates and taking their stuff and <laughs> so this is the closest any game has gotten since the 90s for me to recreating that feeling of sitting in my dorm room and playing like x-wing or or wing commander back in the day and um it's got a really fu like a fun soundtrack, which is like this kind of weird, like, 
like country rockabilly heavy metal kind of stuff. Like I don't know what the name of the genre is. I was is. watching some trailers for this um, last night, and I was like, the music in this. It's is a real odd. specific thing. Yeah. That, like apparently, it's like a subgenre of a subgenre <laughs> thing. Both of the Rebel Galaxies have that kind of sound. I think the guy who runs the company, I think, is only like three people, uh-huh. but they, they 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 dig that music, so that's uh-huh. what's in here, and it, it just sets the tone really well. Yeah, yeah, because it, it does that thing. It does that Star Wars kind of Firefly thing. If you like Firefly, the tone on this is very similar. It's very old west in space kind of thing. Everything. When did that come out? Two years ago, I would say. Maybe a little longer than that. Maybe it was. It was a. It was an exclusive on Epic Game Store for like a year. Yeah, it's Never not. It's not that it. old. Yeah, it's yeah. only a couple years old. Yep. But um, it has that kind of like you know space travel is commonplace to the point that people are bored by it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's that thing where it's like. No one finds it amazing. They're on a space station with aliens. It's, yeah. ju- it's just that's that's just what life, life it's is. It's very blue collar. You know, you're, you're a space trucker, basically. Yeah. You know, um, and I really like that that aesthetic and that tone. And so they uh, they uh, they nail it real well. It's like it's, it's imagine imagine kind of a story about being out like doing like weird trucker stuff in the desert, transmuted into space. Yeah, and that's what this is. It seems like a space sim that isn't boring. Yeah, for <laughs> Cause sure. A lot of space sims I've tried, it's like yeah. it, they're hard to get into. And you can do stuff where you know you can figure out like what what stuff's valuable and what isn't valuable in different star systems, and like work up your own kind of trading route, and like just like in the old games, and like kind of you know I got real rich real early by figuring a couple of good loops out, and like I was able to buy like a better ship, and then buying that better ship changes everything, like because it's like all of a sudden you can do all this other stuff. You didn't you don't have to run from the guys you didn't you had to run from before. You can just mow them down, and that gives you more stuff, and you can upgrade your ship more. And here's like a certain point. The, the, the curve of upgrading and, and becoming more powerful and, and being able to go new places and do new quests is really satisfying. It's crazy that this was yeah. built by such a small yeah, team. Yeah, it was a very small team. Like, <laughs> it's a very ambitious game to be built by just a few people. And it's, it's now, on, I mean, it was, uh, I think it's on almost everything now. Um, yeah. So it should be pretty easy to find. I don't think it's expensive either. Yeah. Last, last I remember it was. I think uh, I've seen it for 10 bucks recently. Yeah, it goes on sale. And even I don't think it's full price even. Even when it came out, yeah, I don't, I don't think. My, yep. first time, my first time hearing of this. Yeah, it's yeah. Check it out. Yeah, double damage. That's what the show's all about, and yeah. this segment's all about. Yeah. Find out about stuff that you don't know about. However, my last double pick, damage is two people. Two people. Two people made that. How they had to have had? Couple. I'm sure they had other people coming to right. music or whatever. But, yeah. but the double damage is called double damage because it's two guys. That's insane, dude. <laughs> so now they're gonna stick to two guys because that's the name <laughs> of their company. Oh, I guess now they're five. They're five, five <laughs> person now five person indie, indie game studio. So yeah, double damage plus not impressive anymore. Wow. Five people. Any, wow. Five people can do anything. We know that quintuple damage now. I guess is what they're called. <laughs> uh, okay, for my last pick, it is a franchise that I think most people have probably played because it's also been given away on PlayStation Plus and games with gold and things like that. And that franchise is Trials. Hmm. Trials hmm. is it? Look, it's published by Ubisoft, so I was a little reluctant to say, "Oh, it's a B tier game," but it it really is. It's like it's really one of Ubisoft's kind of indie games, and it is just this side-scrolling platformer where you ride a motorcycle. That's really what it is. And it uses extremely realistic physics, and it is just highly addictive. It's not one of the, it's not a platformer where you're like, there's 80,000 levels, and you can rush through them as quickly as possible. They take time, and you have to really ponder each little element of it. It starts out easy, 
It's just jumping over gaps and stuff like that. And eventually you get to the point where you have to jump and then stall and then just be on your back tire or just be on your front tire. And then eventually it, it transforms again and the worlds start moving and interacting and you have to anticipate the physics of things that are, work like a, see, a seesaw. And it it seems very simple. And when you watch someone play it, you're like, oh, that seems really yeah, like, you're I, like, oh, it's just like a motocross. And thing? then, it's then, like, then it's someone like, no, hands you the controller, yeah. and you're like, oh my gosh, there was probably a nine month period at game trailers where after work every night, people sat around and played trials, and you know you take turns. That's the other thing that's cool about it too is it's one of those old school kind of cooperative games where you're just passing the controller. Um, there aren't enough of those anymore, and that mm-hmm. used to be a staple of old school gaming was passing the controller. You get your chance. And then if you messed it up, you had to pass the controller to the next guy. This game is perfect for that. Um, because each try, sometimes a try may only last five or ten seconds if you bail on that very first obstacle. Uh, so I got really addicted to this game. It's a very simple concept. And you've also seen it kind of replicated in other ways. Like there's that one game that came out that was like a big streaming game where there's like a, it's like a dude in a pot. You know what I'm talking about? Dude and in you just a had pot. to climb... It was literally oh, just a yeah. guy with yeah. arms in a pot. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what the name of the game the is. Someone is. in chat will probably tell me what it is. But um, that game was obviously inspired from Trials. Um, it's one, And that game is was one of those games where you get all the way to the top and you could fall all the way to the bottom, which gave it a different kind of angle. It made it great for streaming, mm-hmm. in all honesty. But it was the same kind of concept that you get in Trials. Um, I've had a lot of fun with this franchise. They've released probably... Getting over it. Getting over it, yeah. yeah. And they've released probably five of these at this point. Um, and yeah, there's been a lot of them. Yeah, and they still manage. It's funny if you go back to the old ones where it's like they really were originally just sort of like they they were. I mean, they were crazy loops and stuff that mm-hmm. wouldn't be on a real motocross track. But it was pretty. Moto- and now it's just like no, nah, you're skydiving out of a jet fighter <laughs> into a science fiction world onto a yeah. onto an aircraft carrier. It's like you know, there's no. They've kind of no run rules out of anymore. ideas at this point, or they're willing to accept any ideas, right? Which is that's, kind of that's great. A, yeah, that's a glass half full approach yeah. to it. I think. Um, I mean. Trials, Trials is a is a winner on the gameplay side. Yeah, you don't really need to change anything. You just need to give me more, more. Yeah, and, and they do. And and I think you're right that like even though it comes from Ubisoft, there's a weird feeling of like scrappy indie to it. There's a, there's yeah. there's a feeling of like because they could dump a ton of money into it. Oh, if they yeah. wanted to. But like but it, it, there's why? A, it's still a weird feeling of like, even the more recent ones. There's that feeling like are you guys just making this and they don't know you're doing it? Like, <laughs> it's like they're in a closet like, up hey, in Montreal somewhere. And it's a, sure, it's we'll like, send it out. Yeah. Don't tell anyone the trial. We keep the tri- <laughs> let the trials team work in there. No one knows they're there. Yeah, we we siphon money off of the Assassin's Creed budget to like give it to them, and nobody nobody in France knows. Yep, <laughs> yep. So there you go. Those are our picks for B tier games that deserve a lot more recognition than maybe they should steve i'm seeing the rave reviews in the chat people Mm. love having you on the show you have you definitely have a passion for games that's contagious thank you Uh, it's been great talking games with you uh thank you very much for your very generous pledge and just supporting us you've been a patron since the beginning yes Um, and it's good to see meet someone face to face and be able to thank them uh, instead of trying to do it on chat or be a you know a post on sifted or whatever for sure uh, i just really appreciate you and yep. everything you've done for us and i hope that your liquor does really well and here's one mm-hmm. last chance to give it another plug oh well listen again guys uh thanks for having me uh i'm gonna head out but yeah it's ls cream uh so you can go on creamls.com and um so it's creamls.com if you want to order we ship directly to your house 
through our third-party suppliers. Uh, so uh, it's not made in my best my basement. It's made in a <laughs> distillery and. <in> a- <laughs> In your bathtub, in your bathtub. I have bathtub uh, cream liquor. Where, where can where can somebody find it if they want to try it? No, I mean so yeah. Can if they you have LA, a website they can go and order? Yeah, it of from, course. Or? Yeah, no. So creamls.com. You have all the information there. Creamls.com. So, yep, that's it. And um, yeah, and if you just uh, if you're in Florida, you can find it in Total Wine uh, and uh, in Sam's Club also. And in New York, we have a bunch of accounts, but we have a list on the website and and so forth and uh yeah so uh i'm going to take my stickers and i'm gonna go <laughs> thanks steve it was great having you on the thanks show man you guys be in thank touch you. yep and good luck with all uh your liquor man thank you thank on your trip you. throughout la <laughs> <laughs> all right that was awesome that worked mm-hmm. out far better than i ever anticipated but i think it's all because of steve he's a good yeah. dude and he knows games and he's passionate about him it makes a big big difference uh all right it's time for us to move on with the rest of the show we're going to talk next about what is undoubtedly the biggest game to come out this this week. And that game is Guardians of the Galaxy. Matt, how much do you like the films? I like the films very much. Do you? Yeah. Like all of them equally? Or do you have a favorite? Both of them? Um, I think I like two a little more. Two a little more? Uh, I think is that, that typical? It depends. Like the th- I think the, the first th- one reviewed better. First one right? reviewed better, uh, but I think the themes of the second one are a little more developed and uh, more uh, speak more. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of uh, fatherhood stuff going on in there, and um, uh, it speaks to me on a certain level. Um, I love the first. First one's a great example of like how you can do. Um, uh, first one's a great example of how you can take a complete group of unknowns characters and turn them into a phenomenon because um, yeah even i had to look up what the guardians of the galaxy were when they announced that movie and now you've got everybody knows yeah, who rocket, no everybody knows who rocket and groot and star lord and gamora are and it's like uh you never i never saw that coming that's for sure yeah so um yeah but i like both i think they're both really good i'm looking forward to the third one in 2023 is that when it's coming yep yeah they're about seems, to start shooting it seems like they have an ip for life now um, well, I mean, I mean, James Gunn says he's done after three. Oh, really? Uh, obviously, they, they can do any more. Obviously, they can do more. I think those mm-hmm. characters will float around through the MCU forever. But uh, he, he's going to basically do what I think you consider a trilogy, and that'll be that. Huh. Um, so here we are with Guardians of the Galaxy, the game. Matt, where does this fall into the movie pl- the the plot behind the movie? Nowhere. It's uh, it's a, a diff- separate. It's discrete- its own. It's its own universe. It's its own universe. Yeah, it pull it pulls some from the comics, but it is it's its own thing. So this is this is not uh, in continuity with the films, or I don't think any of anything. So as they, I, I was having I, that's why I'm asking you because I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I was like, wait, where does this? Is it a side thing that happens? No, it's no, like, it's, it's its own thing. Okay, it's, uh, these are not these are new versions of these characters. Um, like obviously they're the same characters, but they are do, new versions. Like like. I am not super familiar with uh, the comic versions of them uh, outside of the broader strokes, but as far as I know, uh, Star-Lord did not get his name in the comics from a uh, a metal band he really liked. Um, it's... Uh, which is how it's set up here. Which is how it's set up here, and yeah. and uh, you know, in the, in the in the movies, he his mom called him Star Lord because he was the son of a Star Lord, you know, of, mm-hmm. of, of, of a. Eternal. Well, he does. It does say in this that your dad's like. An yeah, alien. he knows that you. That, yeah, he knows his dad is is a celestial of some kind. Although in the comics, it's not ego. 
It's not a. It's it's a different alien whose name I can't remember. Who floats? He's a, he's like a he's like a kind of a king of another empire or something. Mm-hmm. He's not he's not a he's not a celestial like 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 Kurt Russell is in uh, the movies. But he's still got powers because of it because he's half mm-hmm. whatever that alien is, and th- that's kind of his uh, his uh, super ability in the game. Um, so this is a new version of everybody, but you'll recognize them all. Um, it is fairly early in their. Uh, career as the Guardians of the Galaxy, they they don't really trust each other very much yet. Yeah, um, they it, it takes place after a big war, um, which I believe did take place in the comics, which I haven't read. Uh, but it's a war between basically the entire galaxy and the Chitari. Yeah, they talk about that all, constantly yeah. throughout the game. Which is um, the Chitari. The Chitari you probably know as the uh, aliens that invade New York at the end of the first Avengers movie, um, which were taken from the Ultimate Universe. Uh, and then the Chitari were brought into the main Marvel Universe as an antagonist group uh, later on after that movie was a giant hit. Uh, they are essentially a warlike like mindlessly warlike offshoot of the scrolls uh and so like this this is very early in the game you're running through a quarantine zone that is basically the site of a giant battle uh between the chitari and the uh, resistance forces uh, which was an alliance of basically everybody and in this uh game the Ch- uh, thanos aligned himself with the chitari they throw around Thanos a lot in this. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if that's intentional to try to remind people, hey, this is part of the MCU. And well, it was not part of the MCU. So. Well, I mean, I think they try to. They want to mention the characters that people would know. Right. Like everybody knows that's Thanos. what I was getting Everyone at. associates yeah. Thanos with the Guardians because of the movies. So they are definitely calling out names that you know. But they're also use, like making references. You know, There's a bunch of references to Fin Fang Foom. A which lot, is, yeah. Which is very funny because that's an obstre- extremely obscure character that's a favorite among comic fans because he's ridiculous. He's an alien dragon who wears giant purple underwear and <laughs> smashes stuff around. And some people think he's like an, he's like a mystical dragon, but he's actually just a big alien who looks like a dragon and like just wants to like eat. And he's, he's uh, <laughs> Just like all the rest of us, yeah, Matt. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's a nice running gag in this. Um when when uh, Peter first wakes up in his uh, in his room, uh, he's got a giant poster of Dazzler on the wall, which is a a nice little nod that like, hey, we got the X Men back, yeah, and also like, who the hell knows who Dazzler is? Like that's it's. I mean, I know Dazzler I is because I'm a big was a big X Men fan. Yep. I read her graphic novel uh, back in the day. Is she not a that. thing anymore? She has not really been a thing uh, in mainstream media. No, I mean she's been back in the in the comics again now that uh-huh. like kind of the mutants have taken some center stage again. I know her very um, well from. Being a comic book, yeah, well, she was thing. very prominent yeah. in the '80s, and yeah. then she vanished in the '90s. I didn't know that. Uh, Longshot and Dazzler basically disappeared for a long time. Um, why? I don't. Know. I think. Well, they, I also disappeared during that time. Period right. Well, comics. I think they, I think she was seen as two '70s because uh, you know she was basically a disco star yeah. who wore flare pants and roller skates. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, she was yeah. of a, she was of a time. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but it's really cool to see that there. There's a lot of good references. I mean, the beginning of the game is a flashback to when. You know, Peter was thirteen, and I mean, there's many. Of his those. room those, is going back. Yeah, his room him. is a giant '80s nostalgia bomb. There's a Coleco Vision in there. Yeah. There's a all there's the license, and it's all yeah. licensed stuff. Well, because it's all stuff they own. There's a lot, like a lot of stuff they own. They own, uh, you know, Chewbacca's in there. So there's yeah. Star Wars references in this. Yeah, uh, there's a Tron poster. Yeah, there's um, an amazing '80s soundtrack. Incredible soundtrack. The soundtrack's great. I mean, literally, it's like GTA level. Yep. soundtrack. And uh, it's uh, it's interesting also in that. Um, Peter uh, Peter is, is is taken into space a little older 
in this than in the movies. Mm-hmm. So he's progressed a little further in terms of pop culture. So the new kids on the block are in this. Like there's a yeah. hanging tough is on the soundtrack, <laughs> which I learned when because when you yeah. when you're fighting, if you get a ma- like a maximum, you know, uh, uh, I think it's momentum. Uh, boost you can do what's called a huddle up and everybody like you you do a weird, weird little thing and it superpowers everybody and then you play a song that's on his his um the huddle up thing are so dumb and it's weird. very weird but like it but it started to play hanging tough while i was shooting this giant squid <laughs> thing and i was like i kind of i appreciate this i'm into that well yeah because after you do the huddle it fires off one of these yeah. awesome 80s songs and yeah. then the basically it plays for the whole battle yeah it plays for the rest of this of the scene basically and, and you get and that, every, your favorite scanning in this game oh, i like the scanning is good yeah it's it's uh, it's solid, and they make fun of you for it too. They do. Yeah. He's like, I can hear the visor. What are you doing? Like, it's like, oh, I'm just looking at stuff. I think the weirdest thing about this game is it was hard for me to figure out for a long time, like, what was the goal? To guard the galaxy. I mean, I guess. I mean, the goal is pretty much to move forward. That's it. Yeah. Like, it's a very narrative-driven game. I mean, eventually you. You meet like an old flame, and yeah. a bunch of stuff happens. And yeah, you stuff never... happens. That's basically yeah, what, yeah. But there's no like the game doesn't start, and there's like, hey, here's this enemy that you're trying no. to defeat. I mean, your like, goal is to basically they're trying to make their name as uh, essentially a mercenary group yeah. as, a, as a problem. You know, they're basically trying to make their name as the A team. Yeah, like they want they want to be known as people you can call and hire for a tough job, and they'll get it done. Mm-hmm. But they can't. They have a ton of trouble making that happen because they're all a bunch of like traumatized, insecure dipshits. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> like they can't. They have a lot of trouble working together, and like you know, there's some like light decision making in the game. And part of like your decision making is like, are you going to make Peter be a leader who tries to rally them and make them all work as a team, or are you going to like be part of the chaos and are you going to ma- let it descend and into let chaos. it de- and, you know, yeah. and be also be like a whiner and a complainer uh-huh. and like encourage the dissent. In the and ranks. I always pick the other option. I always pick the everybody needs to yeah, calm everybody down. be a team. You know, <laughs> you know, there's there's a there's and there's a lot of like stuff with like people being overconfident about stuff. You know, like the the difficulty levels are called like we got this uh-huh. or we got this probably yeah. or we don't got this. Yeah. And then like they're saying that all the time. Even when but even when you get to the Nova Core, the Nova Core people are like, yeah, we got it. You know, like everyone's yeah. everyone's sure they can handle everything. But like one of the big themes seems to be like you only handle stuff together. Um, and the gameplay reflects that too. Uh, it's interesting. Like I, I really like everything this game is after, but it's so weirdly rough around the edges. <laughs> it's so, the that, game like, is, is just weird in general, Matt. I, I will say, though, this is much more what the Avengers game should have been. I'd agree with that. Like, this is what, in this is the kind ways. of thing. In concept, this is the thing they should have tried to do. It actually it. reminds me a lot of ways of the Avengers game, though. There are elements there, yeah. Because it, it, like the Avengers game, it feels like they had all these ideas and maybe they end up throwing some of them out or whatever, but they still snap some of them together that maybe shouldn't have been snapped together. Like, mm. it feels like a Frankenstein-style game. Like, there's some stuff in this thing that is just so weird. Like, there are these really long walk and talks mm-hmm. that go on, and the writing in this game in general is great. Like, yeah. amazingly good. Like, the banter, they nail it. Banter's excellent. I will say, I had a real bad first impression of this because the kid who voices young Peter is awful yeah absolutely every line he says is bad yeah every the rest of the cast is fantastic the rest of the cast is excellent 
They they sound just enough like the movie actors to remind you of who the character is, but not enough like them that they sound like they're doing bad impressions of the movie right. actors. Yeah. Um. And they they have their own character. They're not exactly the movie characters, but there's enough there if you they're really close enough. Close enough. They also you can find movie costumes for all of them if you just want them to look like the movie characters anyway. Mm-hmm. Um. It's all very fun. Like all the Groot stuff is really funny. Um. Rocket's great. Um, early on, I think that part, part of the problem with the decision making stuff is that like they want they want you to decide between you know, side with one crew member or the one character or the other. But like Rocket is the most reasonable person in like the first third of the game every time, and it's just, but then he turns out to then be he the turns most to be a little more, yeah, then he gets a little chaotic about things. <laughs> yeah, um, I again to your point, it, there's these weird rough edges. Like there's bugs mm-hmm. in this game. Like yeah. I've had like I had. Um, Events that wouldn't trigger, like I like you're supposed to kill everybody, and then it triggers the next event. I had killed everybody; it didn't trigger. Mm. I had a decision that I had to make that ended up staying on the screen until I basically rebooted my PS5. Hmm. Just little hmm. weird stuff like yeah. that. I haven't had anything much like that. I have, um, I've had hard crashes, several hard crashes. Luckily, the game saves about every five seconds, it does, so you don't yeah. you don't lose anything. Yeah. Um, most of the most of the problems I've had have been have been cosmetic. I would say like like there's been a bunch of stuff where like um, you know you command someone to do something and they just teleport there. You know, yeah. Like, like you tell Drax to do something like throw a rock or something, he just blinks He's over there. there. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff where like the characters, especially Rocket, are shooting or attacking in the completely wrong direction. Like they're just attacking yeah. a wall, but it's registering as them hitting an enemy in the middle of the fight kind yeah. of thing. Um, which you know, as long as I'm still getting the the benefit of them fighting, I don't really mind. But it just looks bad there's a section where you have to drag a cart across a bridge for yeah. a long time that walk and talk and is a really weird walk and talk is, is is i mean the walk and talk is entertaining but the problem is like i can't tell whether peter, i'm in control or not there's that but also <laughs> peter is pulling the cart yeah and peter will move and then the cart will kind of jerk ahead yeah. like, like there's no smoothness it doesn't look like a person pulling anything it just looks like the two character model things two models in a video game sort of trying to keep up with each other yeah groot tends to like break his in, his inverse kinematics a lot like he, he doesn't like stand on the floor a lot like he yeah sort of, like his, i've like, also seen like characters like get confused yeah. about where they're standing yeah. and they'll keep adjusting themselves and like everyone's still and like every once in a while like every once in a while this game is gorgeous it like is. there's a couple yeah. close-ups of certain characters that i'm like oh that looks photo real uh-huh. in places like when you first see what's your name Hellb- hellbender is that the the, yeah, yeah. the 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 woman you're trying to bring in the monster to when it first shows yeah. a close-up kind of on her throne in the in the shadow and you see like like her lower mouth her rocket lower, lower this shot right here it rocket. looks incredible like, yeah. like there's a couple shots where i'm like is that cg no it's just the, yeah. it's just the game and it looks incredible and then other times it's like i mean it's fine but it doesn't sometimes the faces look a little wooden the eyes look a little dead yeah i will say i hate star lord's face yeah i don't like what Peter Quill looks like in this game, just design wise. I guess not it, a, it's it, not a technical question. I just don't think that looks like that character. I not agree. That, not that I needed to look like um, Chris Pratt, yeah. but he doesn't look like any version of Star Lord I've seen in my experience, and I just don't recognize him as the others. I all rec- obviously they're all alien yeah. people. The pacing of this game impeccable. Yeah, it. I there's no downtime. There's no moment where no. you're like, oh, this is boring. No, even when you're walking around the ship, there's constant banter. There's constant stuff happening. There's constant yeah. And everything. it just shoots you from one crazy scenario to another. Mm-hmm. Um, I never found myself bored playing this game. My biggest complaint, I think, about it, though, is the combat. The combat feels weirdly loosey-goosey, disconnected. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the team element of it 
is pretty awesome. Yeah. So you basically you can hold the L1 and it brings up the menu of all your teammates. And then you select whatever button corresponds to that teammate. And then as you play, you unlock new abilities for each of those teammates. And then depending on which ones you have unlocked, your next button press determines what they actually do. But there's you can figure out all these awesome combos to do mm-hmm. between all the characters. Like yeah. Groot, he will hold enemies in place. And so if an enemy is near death, you use Groot to hold him down. Everybody piles on, and you start mm-hmm. using all the other commands. Yep. And I will say they they let those abilities be those abilities even in boss fights, which I really yeah. appreciate. Like, yep. like, a lot of, like with tougher enemies, including bosses and like even the, character, the guy you're fighting right now in the B-roll here, they have a stamina bar underneath the health bar mm-hmm. and if you fill the stamina bar up like so many square enix games they yep. get stunned they yeah. get staggered and you can do extra damage or do super special moves on them and like like drax did there um so you, you know choosing moves that will stagger more so you can get better hits on it sort of and that is obviously a big deal in bosses but there's a boss fight where like this thing is slapping tentacles down at you and and if it runs out of stamina and get staggered, it'll leave its tentacle down on the on the ground, and you can all kind of hammer it for a while. Yeah. And then, of course, it does, you know it recovers and it goes to take its tentacle away. But if you hit Groot's grab move, it will it'll bind it, it down for yep. a few more seconds, and you can get more shots on it. Yeah. I'm like, that's great, like because yeah. a lot of games would just not make would just make Groot's it. ability not work that way. Yeah. But it, you you even see it try to take it up and then get pulled back down. Yep. And I thought that was a really cool touch. Now, there's lots of little stuff like that yeah. in this, like the team. The team stuff is better than, yeah. than you Avengers. You do team-up combos like very organically. Um, you can use Star- Star-Lord has his own abilities with you click L3, and he has his mm-hmm. own abilities, and you can do those to and kind then of there's synergize. Stuff. He has environmental stuff. He has uh, elemental uh, you know, ammo on his gun to yeah, like, you've freeze things. You've seen me using the like, ice yeah, it's uh, yeah. there's a but it's also that is also like kind of what you said about how there were all these ideas that are all getting crammed into the game, and every once in a while you're like, there's a lot yeah, in there this. Is. Like, <laughs> you know, well, like even the environmental cues, like sometimes uh, the triangle button will just pop up on something mm-hmm. in the environment. You can press it, and one of your teammates will like like slice a cable to have stuff fall down, or they'll pick up something really heavy and throw it at enemies. There is just so much going mm-hmm. on in this game, but. Like, the melee feels awful. Yeah. But then every once in a while, it will do something awesome. Mm-hmm. Just, like, context-sensitive stuff. Yeah. And it, it feels like they're trying to not super encourage you to use melee, because Star-Lord's a ranged character. But the but shooting doesn't feel... But I use the freeze feel... ray to yeah, freeze them. Freeze I slide in and then drop kick them. And a lot of times, one shot, it'll just explode mm-hmm. them. So, and the, uh, I tend to keep my distance, but I also think the shooting doesn't feel amazing. It doesn't. Either. It feels like the gun takes too long to come up and start yeah. firing. One thing I did definitely do is, uh, well, I, got, I had to get used to the fact you have to hold the trigger yeah. instead of just tapping. Because yeah. I would sometimes I'll tap it because I, you know, I'm used to burst fire. Yeah. I'm, I'm used to sort of thinking, to, you know, tap, you know, short bursts keeps it more accurate, and that's not true in this game. Yeah. The other thing is I had to turn off the ability to break lock by moving the character. Oh yeah, I turned it off too. Because like yeah. otherwise he loses his lock too easy and gets so chaotic in battle I forget I'm not locked into something yeah. and I will waste like my charge shot or something. Yep. Active reload in the game. Yep. There's an active we reload. We always complain about that isn't copied enough from yep. Gears of War. It's in there and very effective I would add. Yep. Uh, if you do an active reload, a lot of times you can, can drop a whole enemy's health bar with yep. one shot. And if you can time it so that they get staggered right before you get the active reload, you can do huge damage, yep. even to something very powerful. Yep. And there's weak spots on character on enemies that have yep. been staggered, too, like on yep. certain ones. Like, 
There's a lot happening. There here. is a lot. Like I, again, I feel like they had all these ideas, and they're like, "Which one should we cut? Let's not cut any like, of let's them. Let's not cut any. Let's just put them all in there <laughs> and see what happens." Um, Even with the traversal and kind of puzzle solving, environmental puzzle solving stuff, there's a lot. Like all yeah. four of them can do different things in different situations, and they come up with new ways constantly of like how to combine those different abilities and create new puzzles and how you need to use Drax to do this, and then Gamora can get up there and do this, and then that will open a thing for Groot to do this. It's like it's. Like like you said, they, there's never a there's never a slowdown. There's no. never a moment where you're just not doing anything. Things are always moving. And even when you go, you know, you do the classic exploration thing where you go, oh, this is a this we were clearly supposed to go this direction, but I bet there's a goodie in like a hidden thing in this yeah. direction. They all make fun of you and they're like, like where are you going? Like, yeah. What are you doing? We're going this way. It's all written. It's like, in. oh, there he yeah. goes, going to find, going to stick his hands in something again. You know, it's yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's it's really well done. And it's, it is a, it is a linear game. Um, there's yeah. ri- there's no open world. There's no, no place that you can go. Um, there are ver- the RPG elements are very light. Like mm. each character ends up getting an extra two or three attacks beyond what they start with. Yeah, this is this is an action game. Yeah, first and it's foremost. not an action RPG. It is an old school linear action adventure, mm. and I really am in- have enjoyed it. Yeah, like I've had a blast with this game. I've had more fun with this game than almost any other game this year, Matt. Yeah, it's it's and it has sh- flaws. Like there are does, problems, but, but it's it's shockingly satisfying. Yeah, um, it's just a it roller coaster ride. Yeah, it keeps you going. You want to see what happens next, and all like the, it constantly has interesting characters. It fills in the backstory of like you know you know his his old girlfriend and like you know and slowly you get flashbacks to expand on the opening flash because the flashbacks to when he was a kid constantly end at a certain point and come back and then like mm-hmm. you'll flashback later to where it you left off and continue story, yeah. yeah and it's uh and you can look around that house and see all the things it's kind of a neat way i'm guessing that that i mean if you're a kid of, of from the 80s like us yeah this game has extra value too oh yeah from all that and it was like i can't figure out quite what year it's supposed to be me either. Um, but uh, it seems like somewhere in the mid 80s. Yeah. Uh, although it's a little, yeah, it must be because, like, the other touch I really love is you walk over near the ColecoVision, a huge cloud of dust puffs up because yeah. he hasn't touched it in forever. <laughs> um, yeah, but the soundtrack is amazing. Soundtrack's Again, if, you, if you're from the 80s, the soundtrack is yeah. just incredible. It's not, I will say, it's not really comparable to this, the film soundtracks. So the film soundtracks are more 70s classic yeah, rock right. stuff. Yeah, they are this more This is 70s. more like 80s. 80s, 80s stuff, which I like, you know, obviously I, I like that too. I yeah. mean, that's great too because he's a little, he was born a little later or he was a little older when he was got taken in uh, this game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the, the nostalgia is a little later, which may be intentional because most gamers, even the oldest gamers, are going to be more 80s nostalgia than 70s. Yeah. Um, but it really works. Uh, I've had a blast with this game. Mm-hmm. I, I really have. Um, there are some other weird quirks, like no one can revive you, but you can revive right. them, and they don't revive each other either. You have yeah. to do all the reviving for some. Well, they reason. don't like each other. So, <laughs> but but you, I don't know. It, it yeah. seems like a weird contrivance. Um, and there's there are there's weird stuff. Like there's been moments in this game where I thought there was a bug, and it wasn't. Like it's just the way that like they shot, like had the camera positioned for one mm-hmm. cinematic or whatever. There's weird stuff in this, but it has not deterred me one minute from continuing to play it and finish it. Um, it's also a pretty yeah. large game. Oh, and there's like there's early in the very first area. There's a whole thing where you have to like have a competition with Rocket to like kill these. Nests yeah, of yeah, to shoot a little the, scoreboard thing. Yeah. There were certain sections where he would suddenly get points, and I'm like, what are you shooting? Where are you shooting? And I couldn't find it. 
And so I would restart the checkpoint to see what oh, he was Oh, you were doing. restarting. I, I redid the checkpoint. I'm like, where did you do it? I was trying to find where he, what he shot, so I could shoot it first. I couldn't find And then eventually I, I would I look around, and as soon as I turned my back, he'd shoot it. I turned back, and he wasn't even looking at me. I'm like, uh-uh. Where is you? I never found it. He's but cheating. It, and so what I did is like, because there was other ones up in this area I had to get and, and shoot before we moved on to the next area. But if I turned around to do that, he would shoot the invisible targets and get points. <laughs> so I did the whole platforming section staring at him, like jumping backwards. <laughs> to like not, And I'm like, that's weird. That is like, weird. They're cheating, basically. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, but I have had a blast with this game. I wholeheartedly recommend you buy it at full price. Yeah, it's it's real good. I feel like this is a game that's been like, and I think it's gonna. I think the rough the edges are gonna get smoothed out. I'm sure. Uh, you know, these 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 don't feel like inherent issues. They feel like things that can be patched. Yeah, yeah. It's not like Cyberpunk or anything no. like that. And it's nowhere near as bad as Cyberpunk. As far as the, I don't want this character. I love her. Yeah, like, she's great. Like, I don't want to mislead people into thinking it's like a bug fest or anything. It's not. No, there's it's, just it's weird just, things. It just has that slight. <laughs> You know, yeah. or you you play something and it's like it's just not quite polished to the point yeah. that you you're confident it's not going to crash in the next five minutes. You yeah. Know? But look, this. But again, it saves so often that I've never I've I've had like three hard crashes and I think I've only lost like a maximum of thirty seconds. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My crashes like. Like the one, a lot of the bugs I've had, like they kind of fixed themselves. Like I didn't really lose progress. Um, it was more a case of like this thing is stuck on the screen. I'm going to go eat dinner. I'm going to turn off my PS5. When I come back, my save is where it was, and now the thing that was on the screen is gone. Um, so I didn't have, like, a lot of problems in that vein. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I had a lot of fun with this game. There's That's really what it comes down to. It's fun. It's a yeah. roller coaster ride that you go on with people that you end up caring about. That's the other mm-hmm. part. Like, the writing is so good. Like, I cared about everybody in this game. Yeah, and it replicates that from the movie. You know, yeah, even, by, even while being its own thing, they do. They nail the move. They nail mm-hmm. the tone of the movie and what makes the movies great. It mm-hmm. really does. Even though the characters look a little different, they sound a little different. Um, I got the same. And they act vibe a little different it. at times. Like, yeah. but like they take all the best parts yeah. and kind of synthesize it. And again, if the Avengers game had been this. 10 million copies. Yeah. Like, like if this had been the Avengers, it would be, be amazing. Like, the only real d- downside thing that I would change if I was going to adapt this to Avengers was I wouldn't want to lock you into playing one character. Yeah. Um, the fact that you can only play Star-Lord is a slight ding, yeah. I think, if, you do, if you're not interested in Star-Lord. Like, if you'd rather play Gamora or but something. But you're kind of playing as the other yeah, you characters. You have control over it. Yeah, if, yeah. It, the teamwork thing works enough that I don't mind it. Yeah. Um, and Star Lord is definitely the middle. You know, Peter is definitely the center of the of the story. Yeah, for sure. Not always true in the movies. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Um, but in this case, he really is the glue that holds the team together and is trying to. He, that's the the other thing is like he is this Peter Quill is a more mature person than the Chris Pratt Peter Quill. Yeah. Um, partly because he's been through a war. You know, he's he's been through some stuff, and Peter, the the movie version it hasn't. He's not necessarily good at doing any of it, but he is. He does have uh, better intentions, I think, than the movie version does. Yeah, um, he's not as much of a man child. He's more of just sort of a screw up. Yeah, who has the best intentions? This B roll just reminded me though that the animation in this game at times is really bad. Yeah, it's the visually it is a real mixed bag. It like, is sometimes it is one Stunning. of the best looking things I've seen all year, <laughs> and sometimes it's just. But like that's a PS4 game. Yeah, like sometimes know? after like you're defeating a boss, it'll cut to a cinematic mm-hmm. where it shows like your teammates like finishing off the boss. Like a lot of times, like it just it, the physics just don't look yeah. real. Like they just haven't. 
the animators at the studio or whoever is handling it just hasn't quite figured out how that momentum is supposed to really yeah. work. Or more, it's like, I think it's more, because um, I know what you're talking about, but it's, I think it's more like they just didn't get to polish that, that could element be. of it. Like, I think all those, because I've seen all the stuff like work properly together in some of those finishing scenes, also just during fights. Yeah. And sometimes they do, and sometimes it's just like rockets facing the other way and he's shooting a wall, but the yeah. bullets are spinning around and hitting the thing to kill yeah. it. Like, it's... I'm it's, talking about it's, like it's all know, a matter of they'll do like a little flourish, like they'll they'll jump to the boss, finish him off, do a backflip off the boss, and then like land on a tree and then drop and like mm-hmm. it just doesn't look realistic. Like when they land on the tree, like they don't slide a little bit. There's just these little tells that just let you know that it's <laughs> fake, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I have really enjoyed playing this game. I'm glad that I took the time to play it. I highly recommend that you buy it and you play it. Um, and I'm not even like the world's biggest Guardians of the Galaxy fan. I like it, mm-hmm. um, and I really enjoyed both films. But I'm not like a fanboy for it at all. And I really enjoyed this. Just from the minute I started playing until I walked in here today to record Game Face. Yeah, just Square Enix, go ahead and use this as your template. Yeah, this, this is how you do, of, this is how you do a Marvel game. Instead of and look, the Avengers campaign was pretty good. Yeah, but imagine if it had been more like the, you yeah. Know, the, the, the this is. You can see how if they'd taken that approach more than this, uh, this approach more than what they did, like it could have been way better. Yeah. Like if you'd focused on, you know, making that campaign something of this level versus like your stupid grindy endgame crap yeah. and not having the levels be too big or complex because they have to double 14 times over for right. some generic quest daily thing. Yeah. Like imagine how much better that would have been. A lot better. It would have been like this, which yeah. it, it, it is great. I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely a thumbs up for me, Matt, yep. for you as well. For sure. Also, I would say one of the most pleasant surprises of 2021. Yeah, this could have gone real wrong. I mean, I did like more or less what I saw at E3. It didn't make me super excited. Yeah. But because part of it was because the thing that really makes this game sing is going through the overall experience of the narrative and the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, And you're not going to get that until you play it. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, we did get to see a note here in mm-hmm. chat. Uh, Vincent says, as an update, you made the right decision <laughs> not to watch State of Play. I n- knew that was going to be the case. That's another reason why we didn't go to it. I saw people were a little angry. They're like, but it sounded like you had it set up. We kind of had it set up. I tried to set it up so that we could do it live, but there's no way yeah, for Matt. We wouldn't have been able to hear it. We wouldn't be able to hear it. And so how do, can we do commentary over something that we can't hear? We'd have been like, oh, there's whatever. That's a thing. There's that game. Like... Yeah, and like I thought maybe they might show Elden Ring, but it sounds like they did not. <laughs> yeah, somebody early on earlier in the chat gave it a D. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't, it doesn't sound like it delivered. A uh, couple questions people are asking about Guardians of the Galaxy. How much do your choices matter? They do matter. Yeah, there is there's some of that. There's a telltale sort of system where the characters will remember what you chose. And and it does af- yeah. affect, and if, here's the other thing too, like you can choose a not answer. Right. Some of them. And if you do not answer, sometimes you get screwed. Like, you will not get stuff, like, that you were supposed to get, or you'll miss, like, a whole conversation tree that you're supposed to have with somebody else. Um, that was what I ended up using, like, the, the safe scumming for, mm-hmm. was to see what the impact was of one answer or another. or And some of this stuff doesn't play out for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, there's some delayed stuff, and there's um, there's certain... Yeah, it's... It does. It matters. I'd say, from what I can see, it matters as much as like your average Telltale game. Yeah, it's meta. It's not going to completely yeah. change what happens. You're not going to go to a different planet yeah. or anything. Yeah, and you're not going to get like eight different endings. Yeah, either. but you are going to get different relationships between the characters. You are going to 
have you know th- you're going to have this thing on your ship instead of this thing on right. your ship. Yep. You're going to have a different objective with the character you screwed over versus the character yep. you supported. Kind yeah, of thing. that kind of stuff. It's that sort of thing. Yep. Um, we both loved it. So mm-hmm. uh, we both recommend that you go out and buy it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. The game's also quite large. Um, yeah. And I would say that maybe it's a little too long for the upgrade elements that they give you. Like mm-hmm. I've maxed, I ended up upgrading everything. Yeah, I was surprised by how fast I was upgrading. Yeah, um, I mean, probably you, because I think the combat's pretty easy to do well. Yeah. So like, as you do get bonuses for you know better momentum and and getting high, you know you build that combo meter up and like I get way up there every time. Yeah. Um. The 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 combat is uh is is uh, a little overcomplicated at times, but it's not difficult. It's not. It's yeah. uh and it and it's not like. Once you learn how to use your your um, Once you elemental learn, attacks. the elemental stuff and the, and which things synergize, which teammate mm-hmm. attacks synergize with which ones and stuff, yeah. like it's it all works really well. It's it feels good though, like when you're in your Star Lord, so you're basically a ranged character. Yeah. So you're like lighting them up from far afar, and then you tap that L one, and you just go tap 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 tap, tap and send all four of them in at once, and mm-hmm. just watch the madness happen. It, it's pretty awesome. And then mm-hmm. almost always you'll get like a cue where you'll hit like circle and triangle at once to do like sometimes it's two characters will finish it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just one or you'll get like an environmental cue where you tap triangle and it'll send up Gamora who will cut like a wire and this huge thing will come down and like finish them off. There's lots of moments like that um, that just kind of happen organically. It's just a really fun game. I had a lot of fun playing this game again to me, one of the most pleasant surprises of 2021, Guardians of the Galaxy, go out and get it. Um, wow. I could I could also understand, Matt, why some people would be reluctant. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. it's... After Avengers... This definitely ha- and- after Avengers, and also it does... So, you know, no one's really made a Guardians game other than the Telltale game. Mm-hmm. Um, it has the it has the stink of licensed game on it, mm-hmm. if you, if you, just from conceptually. Yeah. But it's, I think they pulled it off. Absolutely. Very well. And... Um, yeah, I think it worked. Uh, yeah, the chat's talking about the state of play. The Bug Snacks DLC. Is that the highlight Whee! of it? Yeah, I think the highlight. So Vincent seems to indicate they, they closed with Little Devil Inside. I would have liked to check that. But out. he says D was generous. Wow. Okay. We made the right call and not going over there live then. Because it would have been a total pain in the butt that would have totally screwed up the show. It would have made Steve's exit awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just didn't work out. And I'm, I think it all worked out for the Oh, better. a new Star Ocean we <laughs> once upon a time that would have been a big that would have been a deal but uh not anymore they, they have lost all their integrity and i am i am uh, deep in the faithlessness at this yep. point okay let's move on we're going to talk next about halo halo or 343 industry showed us halo infinite's campaign mm-hmm. months ago and was just murdered online yep. for the initial debut and rightfully so it did not look great it almost looked like they were showing us like the Xbox One version of the campaign, yeah. even though they weren't. They actually it was yeah, running it was, on it Series, was X. Series X, but you wouldn't it really know. It looked like <laughs> you wouldn't know it. Um, and probably because th- they were using. I mean, they were using realistic lighting techniques that, unfortunately, realistic lighting doesn't look very interesting. Right. You know, like yeah. like in a sci-fi got, game. Yeah, you gotta you gotta heighten that stuff. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta make it cinematic. Yep. So three four three took it to heart. As was shown this week, when yeah, it, I also believe that a fair chunk of three four three already knew it was yeah. a problem. I feel like there must have been dissent. I'm sure on that team of like it should it should. Like, I think it was a Sonic the Hedgehog the movie situation where like 
the wrong people won the fight, and as soon at as it first. made contact with with, uh-huh. with actual human audiences, <laughs> it was like, oh no, no, you got to go, you got to yeah. go with Plan B. Listen yeah. to the other people that have been telling you that was a bad idea for the last year. And this week we got Plan B. Uh, yeah. They showed basically an overview of the campaign in Halo Infinite. Instead of just showing a chunk of gameplay, there was actually some narration that explained some things, and I think everyone's impressions of it just took a drastic turn. Oh, well, we got a Guardians of the Galaxy dev in the chat. Well, really? He's a, he worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Simonize 23. He was a dev on Guardians for three plus years, responsible for facial animations for in-game and cinematics. Wow. That's cool. Well, congratulations. You did a great job. We love yeah. your game, Simonize 23. Um, excellent work, man. Um, I hope the game does well. It deserves to do well. But let's talk about mm-hmm. Halo. Um, has his chat? Did you watch this, Matt? I only saw a little bit. I didn't realize they'd actually shown it until yesterday. Oh, okay. Um, so I watched a little bit of it. It certainly looks better. Um, I mean, in addition to looking much better, they also provided a bunch of details about the campaign. And it is a huge departure from what people are used to with Halo. Um, as you know, Cortana is dead, or is she? Um, a big Cortana's crux- rampant. Right, people. right. Is, is, that, is that the word that they use, rampant? It's what they've used since Marathon. Okay. Yeah. That, that, the concept of a rampant AI goes back to the Marathon games. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, which are, you know, not not really canon to Halo, but they're canon. You know, 343, yeah. three, previously Bungie, uh, all their games took place in the same universe, even their weird, like, modern-day stuff. So, like, um, Durandal was the, uh, the rampant AI that was the villain in the Marathon games, and... Uh, they they get into in especially in the novel novelizations in in Halo the idea of Cortana going rampant the idea of AIs being deactivated after a certain number of years because they will grow outgrow their parameters and kind of become essentially they become sentient and go crazy hmm. because they are not real things but they're sort of trapped in sort of this cyber world sort of thing and the question for the last several games has been is Cortana rampant is she the bad guy now yeah and that. That's a question that will be answered. This is That was your new AI, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the first things you do in the game is you get your new AI. Um, and they're called, uh, the new AI is called The Weapon. Not quite as catchy as Cortana, but. <laughs> um, so that's one of the first things that you do in the game. The crux of the plot. <laughs> also a little awkward if you're Scottish, I would think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crux of the plot is that humanity is fighting for survival against the banished, which is a new sort yeah. of yeah. enemy yeah. Type. Can I can I just say also this comes on the heels of seeing the Wheel of Time trailer this morning. Um, stop naming things like general proper nouns. Yeah, like the like this, that, the banished sounds very Destiny to me. It it's does like the yeah. tower, the shadow, the darkness. I mean, you would argue though that Destiny took that stuff from Halo first, somewhat, right? but it's just like, <laughs> come on. I'm sure three four three would argue that. Just give me a weird alien name and call it a day. <laughs> like not everything has to be like an ominous thing with a definite article yeah. in front of it. Well, the banish that's taking control of the mysterious Zeta Halo, um, mm. and it's up to Spartan one one seven to come to the rescue and wipe out the banish and take control of the Halo. Um, three four three is calling it the biggest campaign in franchise history. Typically, the campaigns in Halo games end around 10 hours. So yeah. it's not like it, that's all that tough of a target to beat, honestly. No, well, actually, the the problem with that is that like, I can't remember a Halo campaign that I wasn't ready for it to ready end. Ready for it to end after eight hours? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. Maybe two. Two is pretty short. Yeah. And Which one on was the one where you had like the long drive in the Warthog at the end? Was that two? 
Oh, you're gonna need to be more specific. I mean, the uh, I think That's, it, the whole ending is driving the end of the two warthog. is like an escape in the warthog as everything's falling apart. Yeah. That's two. Yeah, that I thought Halo Two went dragged a little bit at the end. It's only like five hours long, though. Well, maybe it's if like, now it is after you speed run it. But when I was playing it, I, I played that with Jason Chung co-op, and it took us like five hours. Yeah, I think we did redo that warthog thing a lot, though. That was that was I played it frustrating by myself at the review event, and all of us took like ten hours to finish it, but. You know, after it's out, and if you ever get stuck or you don't know where to go, mm-hmm. it's easy to figure out what you're supposed to do. Always cuts down some of the time on the play time. I mean, um, the longest one to me is always going to be four because I hated that game. Oh, uh, I don't know how long Halo Four is. It just, I just consider it the longest. However long it was, yeah. too however long. long it was, it was the longest Halo. <laughs> um, yeah. So a big part of the the plot as well is trying to figure out what happened to Cortana. Um, you can spawn vehicles into the open world. It is an open world game, first mm-hmm. of all. Big deal. Um, Which is something that I think Halo's always wanted to be. I mean, they felt like they were. Yeah, open they world did their games. best impression <laughs> even from the beginning. But technically, they weren't. Now yeah. it is, and I think you know it. It makes sense because you're right. If they could have done it a long time ago, they would have. Yeah. It would have been an open world game a long time ago. Um, what else did we learn? Oh, so it. it Definitely, since it's in an open world, this is one thing I would say is it is copying a lot of the most popular open world designs. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like, well, I had, a, I had a word for it that I came up with and I completely forgot it. Um, ah, that sucks. I had a catchy name for comparing it to Assassin's Creed. But anyway, mm. it basically borrows a lot of Ubisoft's elements. There are strongholds that you have to take over. Um, there are outposts that you have to take over, and then you take over part of the territory. Oh, the word I came up with was Assassin's Chief. Mm. <laughs> Not as catchy as I remembered it being, but anyway. Um, so there is a lot of Assassin's Creed in the open world where you're just trying to take over territory and take it over for the uh, UNSC. Um, you can upgrade your equipment and gear using crafting and make it more powerful. You can increase Chief's abilities using crafting. Um, you can increase like his ability to jump and his speed and things like that. Um, it also has like a little bit of Breath of the Wild in here, Matt. Like there's, they show some of, and if you were paying attention to the B-roll, there's a couple scenes where they show him using the grapple hook in some very creative and interesting ways, um, which I never thought I would see in a Halo game, honestly. Mm-hmm. But there were times where like you you use like the the grapple hook or the tether in ways that probably you don't think it's supposed to be used for. Like, you can have ships flying by, and you can just snag onto it with the grapple hook, and off you go. You just, or you're attached to the ship, and you get towed away, or whatever. Um, so there is a little bit of that kind of X-Factor element we saw in Breath of the Wild that's never been in a Halo game before. Um, what else? There's new enemies called the Skimmers. Um, one of the main bad guys is, is a Spartan killer called Jaga Aldermide. And it launches on December 8th. Hmm. Um, so now we've seen two chunks of the campaign, a ton of the multiplayer, and it's coming out December 8th. How are you feeling about it now, Matt? Um, I mean, that's all interesting to me. Uh, I'll give it a try. Why not? It's on Game Pass. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ma- I mean, Halo needs a big shakeup. I don't know if just sort of doing what everyone else is doing is the is the path, but... It's better than just doing Halo 4 and 5 again. Yeah. So I'll take it. It's what we needed. It's what the franchise needed. Um, It's good. See, just there, using the grapple hook in combat Mm -hmm. is something that will completely change up the game. 
Um, you can use it to yeah anything you can do that doesn't make me just feel like I'm running along running around as chief doing the same shit I've done since 2001. Yeah, is going because I mean, that is what is that is what it's felt like. Yeah, yeah. I um, mean, to the point. I mean, we were we were at a point at some at a certain time when the big like draw was like you can aim down sights now. Yeah, you know, like it's, Halo became archaic for a while. It did, absolutely. Um, and I will say this: it does feel like it's it's kind of morphing into being more like other games mm-hmm. instead of having kind of its own flavor. But it had kind of, you know, the things that made Halo unique had been absorbed so thoroughly by other games that yeah. Halo no longer felt unique. They, you're right. It just felt like it just a generic video game at that point. Because game, you're right. It, yeah. So many elements had been borrowed. The rebounding health meter and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like, And here you can see spawning vehicles out into the yeah. open world. I mean, I even find it hard to go player. back to the old games now. The old Halo games? Yeah. Because yeah. I tried to play... Go, I was going to do like a big Halo replay through the Master Chief Collection on the Series X, and I just couldn't get through them. No aiming down the sights is weird for me. Yeah, I it's mean, only, it's just Halo. has always never really yeah. done that, except the one... Whatever one game they did that in. Well, now, I mean, it's part of the series now. Yeah. But the old games didn't have it. Yeah, it's just, And now it feels weird to not be able to snap yeah. down the sights. And you can do it, but it's just like... I don't know. It feels like weirdly imprecise, even though it's not more imprecise because yeah. it you know it takes that into account. You know, yeah. but like it just that's how I shoot things, and it's weird to not be able to. It's 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 funny to to go back and see how far we've come on it. Because um, I remember, you know, the first Halo was a revelation. Oh yeah, well, especially especially if you did, if you didn't play PC games, right? Yeah, if you were a console gamer, it was like oh my god, like mind blowing. I mean, it was kind of the first. You know, it, it hadn't been anything like that since uh, GoldenEye. Yeah. It was the next GoldenEye for console players, for sure. Meanwhile, I've been playing Tribes for years. Yeah. And, like, it was actually, like, a step back for me. Um, I remember people just freaking out. And I'm like, bro, I've been playing this other game for, like, two years mm-hmm. now. But, well, like, yeah, and for me, I was, I was, you know, I, I had a Mac, and I was, yeah. I, was I played mar- the Marathon right. games. And the Marathon yeah. games were basically, you know, these were basically sequels to Marathon. Yeah. And Marathon has a much more complex story with a lot more... Um, some would say deeper. Some would say pretentious. I can see both sides of it yep. <laughs> for the, uh, the storytelling in, in Marathon. But yeah. like the you know the events of Marathon Two are some of the most mind bending things I'd seen. And then Infi- Marathon Three Infinity. Marathon Infinity is the third one. That crosses about fourteen different multiversal timelines of different versions of the games you already play. Like yeah. like. Well, there's also scanning it's in this crazy. map, by the way. So, oh, scanning's good. Scanning's <laughs> always good. But like, you know, so so to me, like Halo was always like, oh, you brought kind of the the bungee the bungee feel to the mainstream after the marathon games. You can and, snatch uh, up almost anything with that grapple. Yeah. That's pretty sweet, dude. And it's like if there's an element of this that feels well, like you can you can snatch that hammer with. There's it an element there. of this that feels like why did it take this long? Yeah. For that, I think they were afraid to mix it up. Yeah, because they, had they were to be the taught. new kids on the block trying to work on a property that everyone loved. Not all of them. I mean, a bunch of the people at three four three been on the thing yeah. since, since the beginning. But I, mean, I get, I get, like you know, it, they weren't Bungie though. No, but also <laughs> even, I mean, you saw that you know Bungie sort of took that satisfying gunplay with them mm-hmm. when they made Destiny. Yeah, Destiny feels great to play too. I mean, that is one thing that hasn't really left. Like, I, the gunplay still felt pretty satisfying in the last couple of Halos, but that's all there was to the game. Yeah, the actual handling of the guns was right. good, but like, I hate fighting Prometheans. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, the Banished is a dumb name, but at least it doesn't. Well, yeah, they look had like... that weird tether thing with some of the enemies, where you had to like take out the one first yeah. before you could take out the other one. Everyone, and... they all just felt like bullet sponges. Yep. In the end. Yeah. Um, Which I, actually, going back to Guardians of the Galaxy, 
There's some bullets behind you. There are. There are. But you can usually use somebody's move, special move or his uh, elemental ammo to yep. short circuit that. Yep, you can. Totally. Uh, in Halo, there wasn't a whole lot you could do. Yep. Well, I'm just going to say this. After this look at the campaign in Halo Infinite, I am all aboard the hype train. I'm ready. I'm, I, I am excited for it now. I wouldn't go that far, but I'm definitely more interested. Yeah, I am excited to play the campaign. I don't know how much I'm going to like the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. But the campaign, I'm excited for. It's just a complete change from what we're used to with the franchise. And it was long overdue, as you said, but mm-hmm. it's here. Uh, and I'm open-minded and ready and excited to give it a chance. The chat actually makes a good point that ha- the other thing that Halo 1 did was the two guns. Yeah, dual, having to dual choose, wielding. No, that was two. Oh, just having just two only guns ha- be able to, Having to choose which guns to which carry. Which two guns, yeah. That added a lot Yeah. Uh, in a weird... And then one... Was it four or five that just let you carry everything? One of them, one of them, like, five. One of them, I think it was. was. Five, like, I, I think didn't it was like the last one. I didn't like that at all. I. It took something away. It just from made it. it like every other yeah. shooter. So I probably it probably just washed right over me, and I didn't yeah. even realize like, oh, that's no, right. The, the strategic choice of which two guns to carry was always and really how to really use cool. them in yeah. tandem. And yeah, there was that was yeah. an angle for it. Absolutely, um, but I am excited for Halo Infinite now. I hope you guys are too. Uh, if you're a Game Pass member, it's going to be free. Yeah. Which just blows my mind. <laughs> Everyone's going to get a Halo game mm-hmm. for free. Uh, I, this is the big test. I got to admit, I'm sitting here kind of thinking about buying Forza Horizon 5 just so I get to play it a few days early. Oh. Uh, because I'm impatient that way. Yeah. This is the big test for Game Pass, though. This is going to yeah. test Microsoft because they, they could end up potentially leaving a lot of money on the table. Yeah, but also if it's if it's good, they could get a lot of subscriptions from Right. It. I mean, they could... You know, go up 10 million subscribers because you're basically buying it for 13 bucks. Yeah. So it's this is the big litmus test for Game Pass right here. It doesn't get any bigger for Microsoft than Halo. No. Nope. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes and how everyone reacts. But we're now about a month and two weeks away. Um, and I was really impressed by what I saw in this updated look at the campaign. Certainly a huge step up from what we saw the first time. Also, did you notice? Well, you didn't because you didn't watch it. They troll people at the end so you know the dude that everyone made fun of from the first campaign reveal like the guy oh, that yeah, like, the... yells into the camera he there's a little shot of him at the end where mm. they've updated him and he looks a lot better now mm. um so 343 is aware of what the fans what are they saying call him? what was his name i can't remember but yeah <laughs> the, the the weirdly placid like brute looking guy yeah. yeah i can try to like look through and find the shot of him but yeah he became like almost a meme People were like, yeah, I think here he is. This is, let me see if I can get it up here for you guys. Yeah, him. Oh, there, yeah. Yeah. And there's a shot at the end where he's like a re- extreme close up and he yells like right into the camera and people made fun of that shot. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and at the end of the new one, like there's a, there it is right there. <laughs> yeah. People made fun of that shot. And now in the end of the new one, there's a very similar shot where they're like, look, we fixed it. Are you happy? Yeah. Craig. That was his name. Thank <laughs> Craig. Vincent, yeah. They named the the old the one before. They named him Craig. <laughs> well, Craig got an upgrade. And apparently, there were members of the dev team that made Craig shirts like that week. Like, like, like I will. I believe wholeheartedly that there was a there was a faction of the three four three dev team that just was felt completely vindicated by the reaction to that showing. Yeah, I'm like, like stopping and I'm not. I'm not helping here. I'm no. <laughs> I mean, it still looks better than that. Than the previous uh, one. Just the lighting. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest on Halo Infinite. I think that's the last update we're going to get on the campaign. Probably, We're yeah. six weeks out at this point. 
Uh, I hope you guys are excited for it. I am. We just start um, seeing commercials soon, I think. Yeah. Even Matt sounds like he might play it at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, I was going to play it one way or the other. But yeah. The test is like, would I have played it if I didn't do this show? <laughs> and now I probably would have. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm curious enough. So, yeah. Partly just because I'm a big a big mark for Ubisoft formula, and it sounds like they're lifting enough from that that I'm interested to see how Halo translates to yeah, that. Yeah, how are they going to so. do it? Yep. Yep. I'm excited. Hope you guys are, too. Um, and if you haven't already, now would be a great time to subscribe for uh, for Game Pass. Um, yeah, and Forza's coming up too. What's your release date for Forza? Like two weeks? Yeah. I need to get in touch with Microsoft about review code for that. But we'll be covering that real soon on Game Face as well. All right, let's move on. We got a lot of topics to get through. That Our opening with Steve went way longer than it was supposed to. That segment was supposed to be like 20 minutes. Oh, and it went almost an hour. Sweet summer child. <laughs> my, my naivete. Um, yep, so we got we to gotta move on. We have like seven more topics to get through. Uh, so these last handful of topics are going to be like machine gun fire. And actually, the way the topics are, they probably yeah, will be. Yeah, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to say about each one. On I think it's all going to work out, actually. Um, next up, we're going to talk about the GTA Remastered Definitive Edition. The longest mm. title for a video game, I believe, ever. Oh, um, I don't know about that. I don't know, dude. What is it? Is Grand Theft Auto Trilogy Remastered Definitive Edition? The Definitive Edition. edition. The yeah. Definitive Edition. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty long. It's pretty long. <laughs> uh, we've ta- actually talked about this, I think, twice in the last like six weeks yeah. on there's, Game Pass. There's some long titles out there. I saw, a game, I saw a game on PlayStation Network, a PSN last night, uh, that was called uh, Lady in a Leotard with a Gun. Oh. <laughs> it's literally, that's all it is. It's just a lady with a leotard <laughs> holding a gun, and it's 49 cents. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. But they pulled Cyberpunk from that store. Yeah. <laughs> Just, saying. Just saying. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about this 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 remastered definitive edition mm-hmm. that includes GTA 3, San Andreas, Vice City, all in one package. We had not got a look at it yet. By the way, that teaser trailer did not throw up a copyright strike, That hmm. te- which all Rockstar stuff usually does. That one did not. So maybe they've had a change of heart finally. They're finally figuring out it's 2021, and people want to promote their games in shows like Game Face. Um, and so I'm hoping this one won't either, because we finally got the first look at what these remasters are going to look like. And Matt, I've got to say, I'm pretty shocked. This isn't just, okay, it's running at 1080p, 60 frames per second now. They've completely redone the art style. In fact, I'm just going to go back right back here to this character, because what do you think of that, Matt? The new art style. Um, I actually think it looks fine. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it looks better in motion. It does. But uh, I think it's a pretty good... Um, I think it's a pretty good uh, compromise, because you're not going to get, like, photo real yeah. anything out of, out of, like, a remaster of these games. So I think kind of leaning... It kind of leans into the cartoony look that was on the cover art. And, it does. And I, I mean, it looks like the cover yeah, art that they do I, for I all the I think that kind of works. It, I think it does, too. It is a little strange at first. Um, yeah, but I think the more I saw it in motion, the less it bothered me. And it's a little viv- more vivid than I thought it would be. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's it all. And I mean, it's not a bad thing, but it all pops. I mean, they've remodeled everything. Yeah, you know, and I expected them to. They did a lot of work on this. They did, in fact, give uh, give Tommy fingers. Yeah, you know, everybody's got fingers, so that's good. I like the change here. You know, everything looks a little more more bright and neon in the in Vice City. Do you city. think that looks better? The city environment? Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. I mean, we're not going to see it from that angle too much. I think the grass looks a little plain. Um, 
I think it looks good. It I mean, looks it does looks flat a little bit. It does I look think a little flat, but that might just be that might just be the, the lighting at the time. Um, it's very hard to match a shot perfectly in the in the. And by the GTA way, I'm games. pausing this on the TriCaster guys. This isn't the trailer. I'm pausing yeah. it so we can see the split screen here. Um, it definitely is less realistic. Yeah, more cartoony. Like it, it looks better. Does it diffuse some of the edge of the series of the franchise by going that direction? I don't think so. I no. mean, the content's still going to be there. Yeah. Um, like I think that looks better. I think this looks better. I, in generally, I think I think is an improvement, and not just in the sense of, you know, pure tech improvement. Obviously, it looks better than a PS2 game. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly, I think aesthetically, I think it's an upgrade. I, I think say. they handled. GTA 3 the best. GTA 3 definitely benefits the most from it, I would say. Uh, Vice City, I think, looks the weirdest. I'd agree. Uh, in, in the in the uh, kind of the, the transition shots. Like, I'm just a little thrown off by Tommy Versetti's face. Uh, I'm not sure why. It's the cartoony. I mean, here, I'm just going back and forth and just showing you him, tra- showing him transform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I that, is, know, that is not an exact translation of that character's face from what he looked like in the previous game. Yeah, but the previous, you know, the, at the time they were going for realism because that was the best you could do, and now you can't go for realism with this level of fidelity. So they're going for a more cartoony look, stylized look, and yeah. uh, I think that's a good compromise. I think that's yeah. more or less the only option they had there. Yeah, uh, and it looks fine. It looks way better in motion than all the screenshots I see. But I do think Tommy Rossetti's face looks weird. Uh, I think that might just be his face, though. Like if you look at the if you look at the old concept art, that's pretty much what he looks like. Yeah, like he's just got a really angular face. What's the guy's name from GTA Three again? Uh, he doesn't have one. Yeah, I don't think he does. Yeah. Um, although people call him Claude. Claude. He looks a lot better. Obviously. Oh yeah, everything in GTA Three looks yeah. better. I mean, it's the most drastic of the. Yeah, San Andreas. Team. San Andreas is more of an aesthetic shift more than a huge upgrade. Um. But I'm curious to see what a lot of... I don't know. Some of the characters I like better in the old style. Like this old guy here, I feel like looks that better. That guy's... The new the new version of him, the eyebrows are very... Are, are a choice. Yeah. Um, but I think I will get used to it pretty quick. And again, you're not going to be thinking of that when you don't have the slider transition there. Yeah. Um, everything's going to look like it looks, and you're just sort of going to get used to it or hate it forever. I Overall, think. I'm impressed with the amount of work that they put into these. Yeah, it is definitely. I mean, Definitive Edition does not feel like just lip service. It's more this. than I thought. Yeah. Um, they really did put a ton of time and money into these to make a different version of the games than what we're all used to. Um, and I think that's a good thing because they are asking $60 for this collection. Um, and it is coming out for all platforms, including Switch, mm. um, which I was a little surprised that the Switch version that, is coming. That might be another reason they're going for the cartoony look. It could be. Because you could probably do this. Like, re- you could do like, like the mods that are out there that make it look really photo real, but mm-hmm. then you couldn't put it on the Switch without the I don't the know, man. Nintendo's pretty lax. It lets almost anything. No, I mean power-wise. Oh, oh, power. Yeah. They need, yeah, it needs to be more cartoony, rat- yeah. like, yeah. That I, may, th- this, this means it'll run on anything. Yeah. Wait, well, if it runs on Switch, it, it definitely will run. Yeah. It'll run on my freaking cell phone if also, it runs on uh, Switch. By the way, the, the longest, at least the longest title for a fighting game is Dexterion, the ultimate annihilator of the evil dominion under Cyborg Demon's Armageddon battle, fate of the cryptic world in cybernetic troopers' hands. <laughs> okay. It's a fighting game Touché. made in India. <laughs> Okay, the GTA Collection <laughs> title is very short in comparison to that. I will definitely give you that one. Um, you gonna buy it? You gonna play them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and W Nerd One Two Three makes a good point that they want to put this on iPhones too. 
Ah. So absolutely, they're going to put this on on iOS and Android and everything. Yeah, it's going to be on everything. It is coming November 11th for 60 bucks, um, but that's digital only, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then I think the 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 hard copy versions come in like the first week of December. Yeah, or I something. think that's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm just going to get the digital one. Are you? I'm fine. I don't need I don't need a I need a hard copy of this one. I don't think. I think I think what it's gonna ha- well Rockstar will send it to me so I'll get mm-hmm. it like the digital. It might be version. fun to have a have a I guess it might be fun to have a disc copy to put next on the shelf next to the other ones. I think I'm probably gonna buy a, a disc version because I do have like three versions of it now. Yeah, it's the PS2 originals, the Xbox ports. Does the... this outsell uh, Call of Duty Vanguard? No, no, they're coming out like basically the same week. Yeah, very close. I don't think so. Yeah, I think it might be close. Maybe. I don't think so. You gotta realize there's a whole generation of players. Who maybe in the long run, like maybe by yeah. like May, because I, this I imagine this has legs. Yeah, this is gonna <laughs> sell forever, just like GTA Five. Yep, absolutely. Um, so, anyways, coming November 11th to digital for yeah. 60 bucks, all platforms, including Switch, and in the first week of December for physical versions for those of you who would prefer to wait to get a disc-based version of the game or a card-based version. Oh, apparently, Erebus uh, Jones says San Andreas is coming to Game Pass on day one. Wow. So you can get the best one. Just San Andreas yeah, of just, the three. And three will come to PS Now. That's weird because the other thing about this that we found out is... So really, it, you just have to pay for Vice City. Well, you can't, though. Yeah, but you have to buy all of them. Yeah, like Rockstar's not going to sell them but, a la carte. But hot take, Vice City is the worst one of the three. Uh, my favorite setting and my favorite soundtrack, but... It's also pr- maybe the most innovative of them. Because, Vice City? Yeah, because it brought in, like, the whole if you eat stuff, you get... No, it didn't. I thought, San Andreas oh, that did was San that. Andreas? Vice City is literally a reskin of three. Oh. I thought it, Vice no. City had that. San no. Andreas did. No, San okay. Andreas added the then that is, weight uh, gain and strength training and swimming and hopping over fences. Uh, the strength San Andreas was they, the first time they actually uh, improved anything. Yeah. Okay. Vice City was Vice City could have been an expansion pack. Also, you got to remember that like all the aiming and stuff has been fixed for this. Yeah. So that's well, it's a, been that's yeah, it's been fixed game. in the PC and and the Xbox versions. The original Xbox versions added the aim, uh, stick aiming yep. for them because yep. they were just PC ports. Yep, and they're updated for this as well. Looking pretty good. Yeah, I got to say, Rockstar I mean, it's a solid like collection. It did a pretty good job. Turned out to be sixty, not seventy, even on the next gen stuff. Yeah. I think. Yep. So yep, yeah. I think it's going to do very very well. That's a that's a good that's a good collection. Although again. By middle of next year, you'll be able to play three Vice City, uh, San Andreas, and five, but four remains the black sheep. That's right. Of the uh, GTA family. It's the Russian, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Cousin, right. come bowling with me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to go bowling. I don't again. think people related to that. I, think people, I mean, I think I, I like that game. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was amazing, but yeah. I think mass audience wise. Yeah, also, I think revisiting it might be awkward now because well all i mean that's gta true there's always going to be stuff in those games that you're going to go back even when you play it the first time you're like oh damn like mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you go back when standards have changed and it's even yeah more. i mean that's also true of, of some of this too yeah it's it's yeah. uh there's a lot of questions about some of the some of the let's call it humor i don't think they'll change it probably not probably not but i will say that like yeah, it'll be fun to go. If be fun to revisit some of the stuff I like in that game, and it'll be less fun to remember how not funny Laszlo is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. Wasn't really then, and now even less so. So. Yep. All right, let's move on because we gotta because we got a lot to get to. Uh, next, we're gonna talk about the Uncharted movie. We got the first trailer for that this week. I will say this: before I saw the trailer, I was optimistic that the movie might be decent, not mm-hmm. good. 
I, I never have faith that a video game based movie is going to be great um, because they are usually terrible. Um, but I did have faith that maybe this one might be passable. But Matt, now that I've seen a trailer for it, there's a there's a lot of choices that were made here. <laughs> it's like they tried to jam every moment from every Uncharted video game into one film. Mm-hmm. I I really feel like the chances of this being good are slim to none after watching this trailer. I don't know why Marky Mark was cast for this. Does he make sense to you? No. Mark Mark Wahlberg as Sully is one of the most bizarre casting <laughs> choices since Chris Pratt as Mario. Like, that is... I don't know what the hell is going on there, especially when you can just go get Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Why is Jeffrey Dean Morgan not Sully? Yeah. Like, that... It's right there. Also, like, he looks so much like Tom Holland, they look like brothers. And then they do mention <laughs> Sam. Yeah, like they did do. you mention Sam? It's, it's weird. I, I don't know. Like, Tom Holland looks too young. Like I know it's supposed to be kind of an origin story, but he still looks too young to be. Is it supposed to be an origin story? It's supposed to be like his first big adventure sort of thing. I don't think I don't think it's supposed to be a young Drake or anything like in Uncharted Three. But I think he is supposed to be kind of early in his career. Um, I mean, Marky Mark. How old is he now? Fifty. Yeah. How is he? I guess Sully though. I mean, he's does, old enough to be Sully. He just up. doesn't yeah. look like Sully. You know, Sully right. is a little more of a broke down old dude. And he also did, just he doesn't act like him. He the he doesn't have the Sully. Well, vibe. no, because he's just Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Like he's no matter what he is, he's Mark Wahlberg playing Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg as himself that everyone's calling Sully for some reason. Um, it's just you know yeah they're taking I don't I mean it doesn't bother me they're taking a bunch of basically the greatest hits from the games for the big action set pieces like. You, I, you know, you assume you're not going to make another one, so you just take the best. Oh, stuff. Oh, really? You think that they make these movies, assuming there won't be another? I mean, at this point, you cannot assume this this movie. I mean, you hope it's going to be a hit, but you can't assume it's going to be a hit. So you just throw, you know, you throw everything you can in this thing to hope it will become, you know, a big draw and make you the money you need to make another one. And if you get to make another one, you can just sort of, you know, figure out what you're going to do next and come up with some new set pieces. Or it shouldn't be that hard. Um, but it does make sense to me that, like, you know, people are like, oh, my God, why would you put an Uncharted 3 action sequence in Uncharted 1? It's like, well, because no one cares. Like, no one. The, the, <laughs> Only we do. <laughs> like, maybe, like, 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 a, like, maybe 10% of the mass audience even knows these games exist, let alone care which action, action sequences from which game. Like, they're clearly not telling the game's story. They are telling an alternate universe version of Nathan Drake's story, and they're going to use this plane sequence because that looks cool in a trailer. Like, that's it. Do you think that when they make movies for that are based on games, that their goal is to just get all the fans of the game to come to see the film? Or do you think the goal is to, you know, the fans are going to go no matter what. We need to make the movie to appeal to everybody the else. The goal is always to get everybody else. You cannot make, you can't make a $200 million movie and expect it to make, you know, you're, you can't. Do, do you think that. this movie was $200 million? I I'll guess it's at least 150 Wow. Like They're going to lose a lot of money. They might. <laughs> they damn well might. Um... <laughs> It doesn't always translate, folks. There are some scenes in this trailer, They're spending too. a ridiculous amount of money on The Last of Us show, too. That, I think, might end up being really good, though. Well, because it's a, it's, a ser- it's a streaming series. I mean, I think and it's handled by the people who made the games. Yeah. Um, there are some shots in this where it looks like it was shot on, like, a handy cam instead of film. Yeah, I mean, I will say at least I recognize some of it. Like, if you show me Tom Holland in these shots, I recognize he's supposed to be either Nathan Drake or or a young boy cosplaying Nathan Drake. Um, he does not have the half tuck, though, so that's a, yeah, that's a yeah. criticism. Uh, 
but like and he's also just sort of i mean i you know there's a there's a good old crap in there so you know we, they, they they're paying homage to the, they, they clearly played somebody in there played the game yeah um but like the other problem is that like one of the one of the novelties of uncharted at the time those games came out is they were doing action movie stuff as a video game yeah and you hadn't really had a big budget kind of Indiana Jones style action movie thing that captured that sort of tone and that that sort of like large scale action set piece stuff in video games. If you translate that back to movies, you're just making another action movie. Yeah. Like there's nothing about Uncharted in the context of film that stands out as something you haven't seen or you'd want to see in a movie. Yeah. The only draw of this is to see Uncharted be a movie yeah and there aren't true. enough of us who know what uncharted is or care about uncharted being a movie to make that a hit like i don't know what they think they're doing here like you had to make this you know, if, if i was going to pick a sony property to be our first big theatrical theatrical release uh, off of our new you know playstation you know film, film studio whatever. thing yeah. uncharted would be r- way near the bottom of the list like it's just not an interesting premise for a film it's it, it was i think they look at it they're like oh it could be the next indiana jones right well the they've pro- been trying well, to make the next the indiana it, jones for like 30 years well the other thing is part of the problem is you show you show a film executive or film guy this game and they know what it is they yeah. recognize it mm-hmm. they recognize it as a film thing that exists you know you don't get anything made in hollywood right now unless you can say it's this meets this it's this it has to be a this. known factor uh, with a an x factor lower risk and yeah. so if you say that this is this is basically like indiana jones but like with james bond combined because there's like there's like all yeah, the machinations that's a good, and stuff. that's a good way to describe like it. that is going to get like a, a movie executive person to sign off on yeah. it. whereas like if you try to explain why infamous might be an interesting movie you're going to have a longer pitch and it's not going to keep their attention the same way but i would argue that a that a a an infamous movie or even a kill zone movie would have a little more of a hook than just we ordered an Indiana Jones movie from. I mean, Wish. the last. The la- now this is like this looks like we ordered an Indiana, an Indiana Jones movie from Wish. dot com. You know, <laughs> um, and look, Last of Us. I think making Last of Us as a streaming series is the right call. Um, yeah. I think that they did the right call there. They are spending an obscene amount of money on that. They mm-hmm. sounds like they're doing it upright. Druckmann's directly involved, and they're spending. The shoot is twelve months long. Like they're not, not you know like Pedro Pascal is not going to be on set for twelve months, but right. like it's a long. They are doing it up. They're yeah. they're they are going for a prestige series on this. That looked like and, Marky Mark to you, and it might might yeah not too much. <laughs> or as the lower third says, Marky Snark. Marky Mark after a, a lifetime of more cigars. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's part of the like that's like part of the fun thing of Sully is he's sort of an old school like Sully is an archaic character. Archetype. He's, like I knew, I he's knew the, Sully. He, he's he's the guy. He would have been the mentor character in like the Indiana Jones movies in the eighties. You know, like yeah. he's like Sully, I know Sully. Yeah, even though Sully is around at this, yeah, you know, whatever. To, Sully is like not that much older than you and me, right. really. Yeah, but like he feels like he was born in like nineteen twenty. He feels you know? like a character that I've seen in so many other films. Yeah, he's from he's from an he's old school guy. movie. Yeah. yeah, he's from an old he's from yeah. like a tre- Treasure of the Sierra Madre kind of thing. Right. Yeah, he's like the guy who's seen it all, but not but he can't do it all. And anymore, he always you the know? first time he's ever seen in a film, he's sitting at a bar sipping yeah. scotch. <laughs> and you know, and that's Sully. I mean, Sully is playing that archetype yeah. to a T in the Uncharted games. And there's a you know, there's a reason he kind of fades out after a couple of games because like there's only so much you can do with that character. Yeah. Yeah. He can only really show up and be a, an assist and and look cool or for a second. Smoke bad or sorry for. 
for him. Right. He became like that foil after a while. Yeah. And he, yeah. and you know, but in a movie, the fact that he's Marky Mark is like, okay, you don't feel any of that from Mark. Like Marky Mark can't play that archetype because he's not a broke down old loser. Yeah. You know, like he's <laughs> so weird. Like he's, he's, yeah. he's just, he's a, he's a, he's a more competent action guy than, than Tom Holland really yeah. at this point. Um, so that's why it feels like an origin story in the sense that it looks, it's more like younger Sully teaching Nathan the ropes. Yeah. And which could be okay. Could be, but it doesn't, I don't know. There's something about that trailer that just does not catch. And some of that might, you know, you can't always judge things by trailers, especially when it's Sony marketing cutting the trailer. Cause Sony is terrible at trailers. Yeah. The Sony pictures, uh, makes bad, you know, uh, the new Spider-Man trailer is a rare exception in that it does seem it does seem to have hit pretty well. I think Spider-Man, the Sp- new Spider-Man, is going to be um, uh, the first billion-dollar movie post-lockdown. Wow! Uh, but I will say that Spider-Man trailer gives away so much stuff from that movie that I almost wish I'd never seen it. Wow! Like. It would be really. It would be a lot cooler if we didn't know the Green Goblin was in there because they show yeah. the pumpkin bomb and you hear Willem Dafoe laugh yeah. and then and then Alfred Molina steps out as uh, as Doc Ock and you're like, oh, thanks for telling me that's going to happen. You yeah. know, like I would have seen that movie no matter what, but you've just sort of blown some of the surprise here, and that's sort of disappointing. They didn't need to, but yeah. that's just what Sony, Sony's done that since Men in Black. All of Sony's trailers for their movies have been that's spoilers in. Com- yeah, coming soon. Yeah. The following plot, and then a lot yeah. of times some of the stuff in the trailers aren't even in the movie. They, yeah, it ends up being cut. Yeah, it's crazy. That goes back to Men in Black, the first Men in Black. Yeah, like half the trailer for the first Men in Black is not in the movie. That's nuts. Um, so yeah, like I, I'm not going to wholly judge this thing right now because of what the, because of not liking the trailer, but I do think none of the casting really works. Um, the choices are very strange. Um, I mean, it could have been worse if we, you know, we remember the the I think it was Scorsese that was going to make the the version of it, which was going to be like set in an antique shop or mm-hmm. something like. It was gonna have like De Niro in it or something. Yeah. It was just bizarre. <laughs> choices. De Niro makes sense for old Sully though. I think. Sort of, but also like uh, not not Sully. Like yeah. not, I mean, he's not a Sully type. He's he could be a, a crotchety mentor, but he's not that character. Yeah. Um. You know, like the ideal Sully would probably be like a slightly younger John Goodman. Hmm. You know, like like John. Yeah, I can see that. Like a, that makes like, sense. You know, John. Uh, maybe maybe John Goodman from uh, the Big Lebowski with less of a, a a violent streak. You know. Yeah. Like just the, the, a little thinner. Yeah. Well, he's very thin now. I know. Yeah, I saw that. But yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I mean, did we ever think an Uncharted movie was really going to be that amazing? No. But, like, but I I'm not going to go see it in a the theater now. Probably not. Like unless I no, I'm cool waiting for VOD on that one. I think it's one of those like if nothing else. I mean, look, I saw but look Ven- Sonic surprised me. Yeah, but so also like possible. I saw I saw Venom too in the theater, so maybe I got no excuse to not see this <laughs> in the theater. Well, the honeymoon it depends. The honeymoon will probably be over at that point. Mm-hmm. Like as far as like wow, we're back at the movies, so I'll go see whatever I can at this point. Right. Like, that the shine will have come off that at that point, provided there isn't like some Zeta variant of the right. well, COVID nineteen. Like the Zeta Halo will be here to kill us all. <laughs> um, no, I mean I, I back in the back before in the before times, I'd see anything in a theater. Yeah. So you know, I don't. I don't I, I'll, I I I think movies should be seen in theaters. 
um, good I, ones. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, villain of running around saying, like, Dune should only be seen in theaters, and if you don't want to go to a theater in the middle of a pandemic, you're all, you're all wuss and don't deserve to see my movie. That's, that's, that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, that, that's just pretentious <laughs> nonsense. I'm a big fan of his and everything he's made, but, like, no. Like, yeah. let people watch it on HBO Max if they don't feel safe going to a theater. It's not people's fault that they live in, you know, especially, I mean, here I feel safe going to a theater in L.A., yeah. but, like, if I lived in like Alabama, maybe not. And no. like, I don't think I don't deserve to see Dune because my state hasn't handled the pandemic properly. Yeah, agreed. Um, but by that point, I'm probably I'm, I'm hoping I'll be back to the point where I'm just like, oh, movie came out. Let's go see the movie. I won't be going to see a movie in Florida or Texas for a long time. Although Flo- Florida is <laughs> Florida is like the the lowest uh, transmission rate right now. Oh, really? And no one really knows why. Well, I know why. It's an island. It don't, does, there's no borders where people are coming over their borders and bringing the virus in. Like. There's a, oh, it's a huge destination. The weather. It's a the, huge vacation destination spot. And the, the weather didn't help them in the fall the last climate, year. climate. Didn't the, help the last year. The fact that everybody's outside all the time. All the malls are outside. All the restaurants are outside. Yeah, but it, it, it all makes a difference. It dropped big uh, in the last month or so. and It has it, everywhere, though. But some, not Vermont. Vermont, which has traditionally been really, really good, their their case rate is way it's up. So weird. So it is really, weird. but it's also because it's getting cold, I guess. Yeah, up there. It has. But again, the thing that the, the thing that the the headlines and a lot of the news don't really report is like, yes, it's way up, but it's only up amongst non unvaccinated people. It's also up so, when it was at like two. Right. It, <laughs> if it goes from two percent to four percent, that's that's a hundred percent increase, <laughs> exactly. and that sounds a lot scarier than, than just it really is two percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, in summary. Maybe I'll see Uncharted in the theaters. I won't. I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you right now, I won't. I'll see things in a theater much more readily when it's not a risk to my life. Sure. So That makes sense. <laughs> All right. Not going to die for Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> I'm sorry. For Marky Snark. All right. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about... I will not feel that vibration. <laughs> We're going to talk next about God of War coming to PC. We found out about it not that long ago. We got the first trailer for it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get to check out the footage? A little bit of it. I mean, I don't really care about this. So, like, Why do you think... And the reason I have it in the show is because everybody else does. Yeah. After well, several it's PlayStation news. It's, indi- games, it's certainly industry news. It's just I don't intend to play it on PC. I don't but have it's, a PC it's not player. even about that it's news. It's how fans have reacted. So, for first of all, it does look great. Yeah. Like, this footage looks amazing. Um, but the big issue is that like PlayStation fans really didn't freak out about other PlayStation games coming to PC until this one, mm-hmm. and now there's uproar because well, this is one of the flagships. And there's people freaking out on Reddit over the game coming to PC. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it looks damn good. Yeah, I mean, it probably looks better than it does on any PlayStation platform. Uh, the port is being handled by. A I think company. it could look almost as good on PS5 if they really did a yeah. job on it. But I don't think it. I don't think this looks. I don't think the PS5 version right now of the PS4 game looks like this. I don't think it looks as good either. It's being the port's being handled by a studio called Jetpack Interactive. Mm-hmm. It has done ports of Dark Souls in the past to other platforms, which is mm, that not encouraging. A couple of the couple of those, you know, Dark Souls had to get some work from the community on PC. Mm-hmm. Like it was uh, those launched kind of rough. I think what people are missing about this though and they're being short-sighted about it, is that this is, as the lower third says, it's a Trojan horse. They want PC players to play this. It is coming out January 14th. Yeah. Because um, guess what's coming out in a couple months? Right. 
Something you can only play on the PS5. PlayStation 5. Yeah. And that's what I think people are missing, is that this is actually an ingenious plan. Yeah, this is, this is a tactical strike. Absolutely. No question. And it's not even just about the next God of War coming out shortly afterwards. It's all the big games yeah. for PS5 coming out next yeah, year. Yeah, because PS5 is about to have a really big Q1. As much as I complained about PlayStation 5 in 2021, I am likely going to be praising it in 2022. And mm-hmm. all this is doing is just priming the pump for people to yeah. get a PS5, presumably, also, they'll the, be more readily yeah, and available. And what's the other thing is coming out in February is the sequel to the other big PC Sony game, Horizon. Right. That's you know, what so, I'm saying. So you're kind of re-reminding people that maybe played Horizon and then play God of War, and they're like, wow, these are really good games. Yep. Oh, by the way, there's there's sequels to both of those games you liked, but you have to buy a PS5 to play them. It's, it's all... Or wait like a year and a half It's all part of the master plan. It's yeah. genius. Like, yeah. no matter how much PlayStation fans freak out... Yeah, they are still trying to sell consoles yep. with this move. They care. For sure. Like, Microsoft doesn't care about selling consoles yeah. anymore. PlayStation does. Yeah, because look, like... They made their money off this thing already. Oh yeah, on PlayStation, like it's done. <laughs> Many they're done. Times over. Like this is gravy, and it's a way to get people who might not otherwise look at a console to look at a console. It's the the fans are just salty because it's you know it's one of the feathers that they've had. Yeah. In their well, I've cap. seen like thing people yeah this stuff. It's like oh like every exclusive that go, there's no longer an exclusive for a platform devalues that platform. No, and it's just like that's that, like what was it enough ridiculous. for PlayStation fans that it won unanimous Game of the Year everywhere, including from mm-hmm. us, like. It sold like twenty some million copies. Like, what more do you want? Like, this is just Sony trying to spread the brand. And look, what's going to happen is more people are going to buy a PS5. More revenue is going to be generated by the PS5, which means more exclusive games mm-hmm. for PS5. And like the only thing holding don't covet this old game from twenty eighteen. The only thing holding this the PS5 back at this point is their ability to make PS5s. Pretty much, yeah, that's it. And get them over here and ship them. Get them into the port. <laughs> That's the other yeah, problem. Like if they were going to start putting PlayStation exclusives on PC day one alongside the PS5, like I could see some I of the concern that. there. I can understand why people would be pissed about that. Because then but you're kind of in Xbox territory this where you're like, why do you want an Xbox? Old people. Three years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I ain't waiting three years to play Sony games. Hell no. So, I don't see the problem <laughs> I don't no. see the problem. You don't see the problem three days to play Sony no, first party exactly, games. Yeah. <laughs> we've, driven, we've driven across L.A. just to get it a day early, some of these things, at, <laughs> yep. at some of these stores. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, it's all part of Sony's master plan. If you were pissed off about this, get over it. It's gonna. If you're a PlayStation fan, it's going to end up to the good for you. Yeah. You're going to get more games, better games, because more people are buying PS5s because of stuff like this. It's a three-year-old game. It's not going to hurt Sony in any way, shape, or form. So get on board, figure it out like the rest of us, and uh, enjoy the other games that are going to be released because of God of War coming to PC and all the other stuff that's inevitably going to come. The whole Mm -hmm. lineup's eventually going to be there, Matt. Yeah, probably. And I wouldn't be surprised if instead of waiting three years... The only thing that wouldn't come would be something I don't even think is worth it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would argue if you were really excited about Death Stranding, it did come to PC a little quick. It did. Um, But I didn't really care about it in the first place, so it doesn't matter to me. They waited three years for God of War. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, I don't think you're going to see, like, Horizon 2 or God of War Ragnarok on PC for less than two years out. No way. It, that probably, I'm guessing, will end up becoming kind of the new standard two years. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll wait three years. Like, like I'm not going to judge that the time gap on any of these, the big ones, yeah. by, like, how long it took them to put, like, Death Stranding and Days Gone. Right. Yeah. Two it. of their lesser-selling yeah. games that they actually were hoping to get more sales yeah. out of. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. That's God of War on PC. And Horizon, which was also, like, about that old. Yep. 
Yeah, it was what two? It was almost three years old. Oh, almost. Yeah. Yeah, right around there. Um, again, that's God of War for PC. It launches January fourteenth of next year, uh, so not long to wait. Let's move on. We're going to talk next about the live. We talked about a Smash Brothers clone a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, which I never. They never sent me review code for that. I asked for review code. And oh, they the, never, the Nickelodeon thing. Yeah. Hmm. You think they, they got, they got a little savaged uh, because of how bare bones some of that was. Still, like you think you'd want coverage of a game yeah, like usually games like that. I think they're going to get code, no problem. I think they're going to do a big patch on that and add voices and maybe and a bunch of you know production value to it. And I think maybe they'll send out stuff to be re-reviewed then. That could be because uh, I think th- I think that game ended up catching fire in a way they didn't expect. Maybe. Um, I was excited. They hit for a nostalgia it. boom that they were not ready for. They, they struck some oil with that one, I think. Usually, if I reach out for games like that, done. They're like, yeah, "How many codes do you weird. want?" Like, I can get you codes usually. Mm-hmm. Not that one. They never sent me a code, um, and so we haven't covered it yet on Game Face. Consequently, we're about to cover another one. Rumors leaked this week that Warner Bros. is working on a Smash Bros. Uh, it was originally posted on Reddit by some uni- um, anonymous person. People didn't believe him, and then Jeff Grubb from VentureBeat jumped in and said, nope, this is absolutely true. This is absolutely happening. Yeah. The one difference was... Yeah, the original rumor said it was NetherRealm. Said NetherRealm was and making Grubb it. Grubb said it wasn't. And then Grubb said, no, it's not NetherRealm. Did he say what studio was? I, if he did, I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't remember either. Um, what do you think about this? A Warner Brothers Smash Brothers. So I can't even picture what that's going to be. It's going to be like Neo <laughs> versus... Lord of the Rings people versus Harry Potter people versus The Witcher. Here, like, here's the list of characters that the initial person said: Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> well, that's an, that's a meme. So yeah, that's a, that would definitely be in there. They, refer, they referenced that in one of the Mortal Kombat animated movies. Did they? At the very beginning, I think it was uh, it was something. God, what was it? It was something they did. I think it was one of the animated movies, it was, and it showed like. It was like Scorpion and Sub Zero or something attack, and like Shaggy opens the Warner Brothers logo with his glowing eyes and kills them both, and just goes <laughs> and like it's it's yeah. They Warner Brothers is well aware of the Shaggy one percent meme. Okay, yeah. um, Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, Tom and Jerry, okay, <laughs> Batman, Fred Flintstone, Mad Max, and Johnny Bravo. Wow, Vincent, that is Vincent says there's a. Uh, Picture of the character select screen leaked. Oh, no way. And Goku's in there. Shaggy versus Goku is real, Emperor wow. Dread says. <laughs> wow. That's okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, it even has a picture of that Shaggy thing I talked about. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it's real. It's happening. It's not a question of whether uh, it's going to happen or not. Looks like they've taken the media down, but it says uh, Steven Universe, Adventure Time, Batman, Harley Quinn, Superman, Wonder Woman, Gandalf, Rick and Morty, Tom and Jerry, Big Bugs Bunny. And an, a new character. Wow. Um, post-launch DLC. Um, uh, one of the first could be LeBron. LeBron <laughs> for DLC from Space, from Space Jam. Jam. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, LeBron would love that. That would be fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. You think this is going to work, Matt? Um, you think everyone else is going to care? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm kind of interested in Batman versus Gandalf. Gandalf. Like, yeah, it's like... <laughs> Like that's just that's just crazy enough to work. It is that that's yeah. I mean, they do have an eclectic get, the, get Neo lineup. in there. Get Neo in there. I mean, if Space Jam did it. Get Neo in there. Get the Clockwork Orange Droogs in oh there. Oh my like, gosh, dude! Like, like get, the, it, get the Men in Black in there. Like go crazy. Like the Ice Climbers, where they're like <laughs> tethered together, like the Clockwork Orange guys. <laughs> that would be awesome. 
Yeah, I guess there is some possibilities. Yeah, there's that could a be lot. Really cool. Warner Brothers has a lot of stuff. It does. Who's? But it's like it's so weird the way that I look at Warner Brothers. I'm like, but wait a minute, you're like on the block. Like, and so what happens? If the sale happens, what happens to this game? What happens to all the games? Yeah, but I mean, you can't make business decisions on something that hasn't happened. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it just seems strange. I, they're not going to be bought by anybody anytime soon. You don't think? No. That's the, the I wheels... guess if it would have happened, it would have happened. Yeah, it hasn't, hasn't happened. Yeah. Um, and if anyone does buy them, probably NBC Universal. Yeah. Uh, and as we know, for uh, certainly I know firsthand, it takes NBC Universal a long time to do that. Yep years and years so they can probably get this thing done in plenty of time it seems real yeah <laughs> which when i first heard about it i was like i don't know man like uh, also apparently warner brothers also applied for a patent or a trademark for the multiverses yeah multiverses that's what it's supposed to be yeah instead yeah. of multiverse multiverses mm-hmm. what does that mean is it just versus right but is that like the title of the that's game the title of the game yeah oh, i bet that's okay. the title of the game Multiverses. Warner Brothers Multiverses. Okay. Yeah, you can't really use Smash or Bros, really. No. <laughs> it is kind of funny that Warner Bros, Smash Bros. Mm. Synergy. Um, I'm interested. Yeah. Color me intrigued. Um, because the characters are just so... I mean, they're even more abstract than like the, the matchups in Smash Brothers. Yeah, it's an even more bizarre... Like pairing of yeah. all these characters. Because you have cartoon characters versus real people. Yeah, like Fred Flintstone <laughs> like, versus Gandalf. And like, I mean, it's, it it's, a, really it's cool. a fun ma- it's a fun matchup. It's fun to even think about, like the different matchups you of do characters. Some, you could do some really interesting. You could put Mortal Kombat guys in there. Yeah, like I don't know if you do. You want superheroes in, in there, like Batman and stuff. Like I think I think everything's fair game. I mean, I'm kind of surprised that NetherRealm isn't making it. They've would, already I worked would, with a lot of these characters. Yeah, but they don't make platform fighters. Yeah, you know, like you want some of the. Contenders. I wouldn't mind seeing them try. Eh. I mean, is this studio that's making it ever made a fighting game? Who knows? I we mean, don't know, we don't know who this could is. Could it be worse than? But also, like, Netherrealm? don't distract NetherRealm from making your next, you know, Mortal 10, Kombat. Millions, 10, 15 million seller. Yeah. Like this may or may or may not work. So don't you yeah. know, let NetherRealm keep making your guaranteed hit. Um, or give NetherRealm more money so it can make two games. Eh. You already got these guys not doing anything. Whoever these guys are. I mean, they only have so many teams. I wonder if it's a new team. It might be. But you wonder how they got money for a new team when they're on the block. Who knows? You still have budget. You yeah. still, you're still spending money. You got you to do business. Yeah. It's weird. Like, it's actually illegal to make business decisions based on a upcoming sale that is not public or approved. Right. Like, they have to keep doing yeah, business. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, I think I had just assumed in my mind that it was just going to happen. It was going to, whether, no matter how long it took, eventually those studios were going to be sold. Yeah. It has it, to, they really has dragged it, on. It, because you don't know what the value of anything is yet, because no, the, you know, nothing's recovered fully past the lockdown. Yep. You know, you got to see what, I'll tell you what, a lot, I'm sure what the, anyone who's interested in buying Warner Brothers is waiting to see what kind of money the Matrix 4 makes. Probably. And that probably will be rolled into this as well. Would be yeah, my there, guess. There's no way the Matrix isn't in this. Yeah, which um, is awesome. Like Neo and Ter- Trinity <laughs> will definitely be in there. That's pretty sweet. Um, and then you start thinking about you know Smash Brothers and like the stages and everything, like the different stages that you could have in the game. Like, yeah, yeah. it could be really cool. There's some good stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's going to live or die in its gameplay. Yep. They're going to have to replicate the Smash feel. Is or... it that hard to replicate, though? It doesn't seems seem to like Seems to be. Really? Sony didn't pull it off. Yeah. But there have been, been a bunch of Smash clones that have not, you know, It really seems like that Nickelodeon The Nickelodeon game. thing seems to, like, to have done it, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
but it's not it's not a simple formula no no it's not a simple as you would think for sure um so if it was everybody would do it yeah and when they've tried to do it it hasn't worked well it seems like everyone at this point has tried to do it yeah but failed and i'm sure there's tons of projects that we never even heard of oh, for sure. where they tried to for do sure. it and just i'm didn't. sure this is not the first attempt at a nickelodeon smash brothers clone we've we just much never seen them before right. yeah because they were just this is the first one to make it to market basically yeah <laughs> yeah probably so uh so anyway that's all the information we have on this right now but it's certainly a very intriguing idea um warner brothers has the ip and the characters to make it happen and make it interesting and at least make it something a little bit different uh, my mind is swimming just thinking about the possibilities um, so I think it's probably a good thing, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited yeah. for it. Could My cool. guess is we don't see that till 2024. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we maybe saw it at E3 next year. Yeah. But I imagine, yeah, it's at least a 2023 Christmas release or something yeah. if we're hearing or about Q1 this now. Or Q1 24, something like that. Then again, that. if they've decided the character select screen, it might be further along than we think. Yeah. Who knows? That's true. So let's, there you see, go. let's see what Mr. Keeley presents us in a couple months. Could be there, too. That, right. that seems like a prime... Uh, Game Awards real, uh, announcement with the Shaggy thing. Now that the cat's out of the bag, too. Yeah, the cat out of the bag and with Shaggy being like, you know, the meme thing mm-hmm. to that. Like, it feels like... <laughs> the meme thing. It feels like uh, that. Would, <laughs> feels like Jeff would try to get that. I feel like that's yeah. something Jeff would be like, oh, let's reveal Shaggy Agreed. on the Game Awards. Agreed. All right, let's move on. I told you these last few topics were going to go fast. We're going to talk about BlizzCon, or what used to be called BlizzCon, mm-hmm. because BlizzCon was just placed on indefinite hold. I told you when this all happened, Blizzard's going away. You did say that like their brand would go away. Yeah, they're going to get rid of Blizzard. But you cannot rehab- rehabilitate that. Wow. It's just going to be Activision now. You really think they're going to get rid of Blizzard? Period. I think they're going to phase Blizzard out as a as a I mean, I don't think they're going to shut down the the campus and like move yeah, everybody yeah. up yeah but i don't think you are going to see blizzard plastered on things anymore wow i don't I mean, think this... i don't think blizzard will exist as its own sort of like sub brand of activision anymore. i mean this, this certainly points to it because mm-hmm. they're not it wasn't like hey you know we're we're undergoing some change here and we're gonna like rework this thing and roll yeah. it out bigger I mean, they and did better kind of, they did say like oh we'll see you soon and we're gonna you know we'll, well they gonna, said but... that they're gonna basically start doing directs yeah is what i translated it to is they're like you know what why do we do this huge event that's a mm-hmm. pain in the butt there's also an element of like well what would they even show yeah at this point? well we're still waiting for diablo 4 still waiting for overwatch 2 yeah but they just kind of blew overwatch 2 out recently they did yep which you know, in, in, in probably a similar thing to what they'll just do going forward. Yeah, and Diablo has already had like a couple events of its own. Yeah, your Diablo Four is just like you call us when it's ready. Yeah, at this point, you know, like I think that's always been the problem with BlizzCon. It's like what does Blizzard show? And yeah. a lot of for years they were able to float it along with World of Warcraft stuff. But it also feels like a lot of that stuff is at, a, at an all time low. Like you, at least in normal BlizzCons, you had like people that were super into Overwatch. People are super into the current seasons of Diablo. You had people are super into whatever the new expansion or what was going on in World of Warcraft. And now there hasn't really been all that much in terms. You know, people are waiting for their Overwatch two. People are waiting for Diablo four. World of Warcraft is kind of like on the outs in comparison, certainly to like the new expansions to Final Fantasy fourteen, which are kind of the new hotness in the MMO community, or uh, that Amazon, you know, the new world. Like everyone's playing that now. Yeah. Um, and you've got the PR disaster of how everybody doesn't want to deal with Blizzard right now because of all the all the crap going on there. Um, like no, there are no good feelings about Blizzard right now. Like there's nothing to celebrate about yeah. Blizzard, and, and that's what BlizzCon's yeah, supposed yeah, to be. Exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, it makes sense to do that. I think I don't think it comes back. I don't think any. Of I don't does. think it does either. I, I mean, the other thing I remember about BlizzCon is they sold like pay-per-view tickets for that. Yeah. Like it was actually like a pretty big revenue driver for yeah. Blizzard for years and years. But at this point, you can turn your back on that revenue to just try to get your company's name right. Like, yeah. 
um, one of the questions this week for Pactor Factor was how does a company repair its reputation? Mm-hmm. And Pactor provided a bunch of examples, but this wasn't one of them. But this is one of them. This is yeah, this is what they're attempting. I think yeah. <laughs> You have to make people you forget. Your big event. <laughs> yeah, you have to make people forget that this this you were basically running a sexual harassment factory. Yeah. So. And how do you, you can't make people forget that? Nope. So you just go away. Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. they only got, they got a slap on the wrist fine. It's not they're paying not really paying much of a price for it, but like the, it's a PR disaster, and you have to step away. You know, I don't know how you rehabilitate Blizzard as a name. It's you, tough. You just have to kind of gut the thing and assure everybody that different people are running the show, and we're just not going to talk about that anymore. Will you miss BlizzCon at all, Matt? No. Yeah, me either. I've never been to BlizzCon. I, I've never been. Any time, like, an outlet I worked for covered it, I would, when they were like, I hey, have, BlizzCon is coming up, I would go to the bathroom and try to get out yeah, of it. I have like, never been. I mean, I like several, you know, I played World of Warcraft for a fair amount of time. I like StarCraft. I, I like Blizzard games. I love Diablo. Um, but, like, I, Blizzard's output is not frequent or broad enough for me to be a fan of them as a corporate entity. You know what I mean? Like, well, everybody who would go to BlizzCon would come back and complain. Well, yeah, and I was like, so why would you think I would? They've got go? like four games. What do you think was going to happen? Like, <laughs> like it's not why even do you three. think I want to go? Like, why would I go? The only reason to go was to get the ex- get the exclusive stuff with and sell the codes the for obscene amounts of money to pay yeah. for your entire trip. That was what. <laughs> yeah, the World of Warcraft pet gets you hundreds of dollars when you get home. Like yeah. that's what that's what you want to do. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I must pay for your flight down the high, down the freeway for me. I'm not going to do that. Like, I, I still wouldn't go. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I still, it's forty minutes away from me, and I still never went. I never. That's the maybe the only event I never went to, Matt. BlizzCon. Yeah. Every other true. one I had to go to at least once. Certainly for work. the only one in driving distance. Yeah. Because I never wanted to go. Oh, I mean, I even went to E for so all. So like once. I said, I, I me too. <laughs> and so like I said, I would hide. Like when people be like, mm-hmm. okay, who wants to go like at X play? We'd be like, yeah. who's gonna go to BlizzCon? I'd be like creeping out of the back of the. the well, thing. I was so glad when like the web, you know the web team expanded more and like and all yeah. of a sudden all because a lot of them played you know World of Warcraft and everything and like. You know, BlizzCon, and people would like fight to be the people yeah. that got to send to BlizzCon. I'd just be like, "All right, have at it." You know, like, <laughs> and like there would be people begging for the free, like the, the. Or you would act like you're disappointed you didn't get it, so that you yeah, could use it as leverage, leverage later. For later. Yeah, now I have to go to Tokyo Game <laughs> Show. Oh. <laughs> oh no, the Australia trip instead. Damn. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, so we both ugh. agree. We think BlizzCon's gone for good. Yeah, I, Blizz I, gone for Blizz good. Gone. Yeah, and I won't miss it one bit. <laughs> No, I mean, what, no, no skin off my back. Even for coverage purposes. No, I've all, never even watched it. All that ever happened from BlizzCon was people whining and complaining. Yeah. That was the end result of My BlizzCon most vivid BlizzCon memory is people losing their minds at how colorful Diablo 3 was. Yeah, or the yeah. mobile... Oh, the mobile Diablo. Diablo game. Which still is... is this, the, did that ever come out? It still hasn't come out. No. 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 Was it Diablo Immortal? Yeah. So it's, yeah. Yep. <laughs> After BlizzCon, it's just whiny people everywhere. So let's just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with that. It doesn't bother me one bit. Uh, so there you go. That's BlizzCon 2021 actually happened. They did the BlizzCon line. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised that they yeah, weren't just they like, yeah. I'm surprised they weren't just like, well, we're just going to cancel the live thing and still do like a direct every year or whatever. But maybe they will. Um, but to your point, I, you're probably right. It's probably not going to be called BlizzCon mm-hmm. going forward. And it, that would be smart. Just name it after individual game. Yeah. You know, even the Diablo 2 remaster pretty much did that. Like, yeah. The Blizzard, you know, it's, you still get like Blizzard presents at the very beginning when you load the game up but like that logo's not there the logo's not there in the in the store pay you know normally you'd expect to see that blizzard logo front and center on diablo's yep. chest right and yep. it's not there anymore yeah well then call of duty presented by call of duty presented by call of duty <laughs> yeah the activision <laughs> looks like ring in the corner like, 
hashtag right. Activision and like ten percent visibility <laughs> transparency font. Like that. Yep, they're trying to hide. That's for sure. We'll see how long it goes on. All right, it's time to go to our last topic. I knew we were going to do it. I knew we were going to make it, Matt. <laughs> our last topic of episode two seventy six. We're going to talk about Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, we've actually talked about it. I think two episodes in a row, but now it's out. And I actually used it and played it. Did you? No, I'm not giving them money for that. I figured at least you'd get the, the Genesis stuff, just for the Genesis stuff. No, I have the Genesis stuff five times over. I just figured your your curiosity would get the best no. of you. I, wa- I watched videos of like tech comparisons and things like that. Also, the, the emulation sucks, so I'm not, I, I'm not... You think it sucks? It's in comparison to what I can get on the on PC, yeah. Hmm. Was actually... or, just, or just play the general actual hard copies i own i mean yeah i mean i haven't really seen much but nobody seems to care about the genesis one so i was actually i thought the genesis stuff was way better than the n64 it probably is because sega puts more effort into their emulators at this point they didn't used to but now they 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 so they learned their lesson about accuracy like the text in the genesis stuff razor sharp yeah i'm sure like anything sega's gotten real good at that it looks great Anything that's 2D in the N64 games looks like ass. But I already have the Sega... Looks like ass. Yeah. I already have the <laughs> Sega, you know, Sonic's whatever collection on, like, two different, three different platforms. I don't need, yeah. I don't need more of that. I just figured out, maybe out of curiosity. The first no, thing I would say not is... Not for 30 bucks. Well, the first thing I would say is, I went to pay for this. I had to pay $32. <laughs> and I have no idea why. I like literally tax? just renewed my Nintendo Switch Online base subscription, like, two weeks ago. It just automatically renewed and turned over... So this is fifty bucks. Why am I paying thirty two dollars instead of thirty dollars for it? Why is that? I don't know. But that's what I had to pay. Hmm. I don't know why. But so anyway, I paid it. I was like, I need to do this to cover it to let people know whether it's worth spending the thirty dollars. And from my perspective, someone who was alive and a hardcore gamer when all these games came out, I would say no. Like I feel like I just flushed thirty two dollars down a toilet. Mm-hmm. Um. It's fine. Like, <laughs> like it's fine. I think it's fine if you just sort of vaguely remember these games and want to play them again. But like everything I've seen on like the YouTube videos and like the comparison stuff and the tech analysis, like the fog is rendered wrong in a lot of them. The frame rate is laughable. Like, I mean, the when, games are crisper, crisper for sure. For sure. But like, the why does Mario Kart not run better? Like, I don't know. That's the whole point. And like. And like the people, I saw compare it because the same emulator being used for uh, Mario sixty four in the Super Mario collection that they did last year, mm-hmm. um, and there's more lag on this. Like like there's the the the, the jumping in uh, it's only a few frames, but in like Zelda it's noticeable with the back flipping and stuff. Uh, the fog in Zelda is rendered wrong. Like the fog like the fog is supposed to be out like kind of covering the way distance. Yeah. And in this version of, of Ocarina, like there's just fog everywhere. Like it's just sort of generally it's hazy. covering everything. Yeah, and no one and people doubly don't know why because there are emu- homebrew emulators on Switch that run Ocarina with the fog correct. And so it's not a performance thing. I mean the Ultra HLE runs it fine. Right. All that stuff runs it better. <laughs> Um, and like that's kind of the problem, and you know that a lot of the the tech analysis guys have said, and I agree with them, is like at bare minimum, if you're asking money for this, especially the amount of money they're asking, this should provide an equal experience to an you know a free community made emulator, and it does not. Like you don't have to enhance everything, you don't, you don't have to like put texture packs and things or whatever. Like you don't need to do that, but it should be a baseline 
of you know as good as running it like vanilla on one of those emulators and it isn't oh no There's, this does not look as good as the ultra hle no not even close and that's what i'm talking about back running it on a yeah. voodoo 2 yeah. card oh, back yeah. in like 1998 or 2000 like it the 2d look at the bitmap yeah it's look bad. at how awful it looks like they haven't touched any of that stuff that's mm-hmm. why i'm telling you like the Genesis stuff looks pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly feel like that stuff is better and more worthy of this than the N64 stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the poly- the polygons, the textures, they are crisper. Yeah, you can see that here. Yeah. Star Fox actually translated one of the best. Yeah. Uh, but um, then you've got the, the online play, which is a disaster. I can't... So, the online play, I thought there were just servers. And so, I thought when I played mario kart 64 i could just select online play and it would just match me with three other people no no you can only play with your friends yeah and it's all peer-to-peer and yeah and you're limited by whoever has the slowest connection yeah. which is like on a switch is the most nightmarish uh, thing imaginable like i've seen footage of mario tennis which is just like the ball just freezes in midair while the slowest but Matt, player remember up. even if you've hardwired on the new switch oled you're slower <laughs> it's slower than wi-fi <laughs> Um, so I guess and look, if like they were charging an extra five or ten bucks per year for this, maybe I wouldn't be that disappointed by yeah. it. But like an extra thirty, and I know you're getting the DLC for Mar- uh, Animal Crossing, which I'll, never, care play. About, which I'll never play. So, like, but so, but so all you've got is this and a bunch of Genesis games I already own. No, yeah, no. I had not played a lot of those Genesis games for a long time, and boy, they are a lot more challenging than I remember. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I played uh, Contra Hardcore, and I forgot that if you get hit once, oh, yeah. you die. Oh yeah, you get that's, hit once, you die. <laughs> that's named for that named that for a reason. <laughs> Bloodlines is also arguably the hardest uh, Castlevania. Yeah, I didn't even try that yet. I tried probably like almost all the N sixty four stuff because there aren't that many, and then probably half of the Genesis stuff. And yeah, I that, do think the emulation on the Genesis stuff is better. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, again, Sega doesn't skimp on their Genesis emulation anymore, so I'm sure that's fine. Yeah, but again. For less than 30 bucks, you can get a great Genesis collection with more games in it on Steam. Yeah. Like, I, <laughs> there's no value here. Yeah. I started playing Winback, boy. <laughs> ah, oh. Oof. <laughs> I mean, I respect it because hey there, it was there one it of the first cover shooters. Oh, ever. yeah. I really enjoyed Winback back in the day. But now... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Look, at, look, at how, look at how much it wanted to be Metal Gear Solid. Well, also, th- it did. That's a, that's. A, I mean, that's what this was. Yeah. It was... Koei Tecmo try, was just Koei back then, trying to make Metal Gear. Yeah. Like, you could probably couldn't see it, but, like, that the belt buckle that that dude is wearing, like, when he walks towards the camera, is, like, flickering on and off, and, like... Yeah. It's, like... And, again, that's accurate to the original game, is. but... Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's not that they changed it to make it that way. Yeah, that's not an emulation flaw. That's just... That's what, just, just what Winback looks like. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll skip forward here a little bit to some of the Genesis stuff, because I think I included way too much... Uh, went back in the b-roll for some reason i think anything over 30 seconds was probably too much uh but here you can see the collection mm-hmm. and uh yeah golden axe i forgot i had forgotten the controls to that contra hardcore i played um what else did i play i played echo the dolphin and that was still therapeutic i think <laughs> um, yeah, one thing that is fun. cool about these is it does have like Ooh, the re- morphine Look at yeah that. it does have the rewind feature yeah, that's handy. And here you can see it being used. You can actually like go frame by frame through rewinding the gameplay, hmm. which is pretty cool. And that happens for all this stuff, for all the Genesis stuff, all the N64 stuff. And I thought that was pretty cool. Musha. Um, and, but yeah, if you're, I guess I would say only hardcore Genesis fans 
yeah. should pay. And hardcore money. Genesis fans already have, have these. Have all of it. Yeah. yeah, it really is. As you like to say, uh, what is it? A, a problem in search of a solution. A solution, <laughs> a solution in search, in of, a search of a problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, or if you're just young, and you know, if you're 12 or 13, do you think kids that age care about games like this? No, I mean, I, I'm sure they'd play it once and. You know, be, to be curious or to shut dad up, and that yeah. was about it. You know, I mean, there's some really good games in the Genesis collection, like you know. But again, they're available other places for cheaper, and, yeah, and to own, not to subscribe. This was the game I had the most fun with. Streets of oh, Rage yeah. Two. Streets of Rage Two is great. This is one of Yuzo Koshiro's greatest soundtracks of all time. Yeah, we talked about that yeah. not long ago. Um, and it, I still, it, I still it, enjoy playing it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great go look up. Uh, there's a or maybe I'll just send you the link. There's a YouTube video that basically uh, compares all the Streets of Rage uh, songs to the uh, the the dance songs they steal their their oh. riffs from, and like <laughs> um, you know, like one of them stolen from like CNC Music Factory. Every everybody and uh, everybody dance now. Yeah, everybody dance now. There's a there's another one that's. Um, uh, 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 yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a <laughs> so there's a particular Mar- particular Mariah Carey song they steal from a lot. Like oh, a, really? Yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. Weird. Like there's a lot of stuff they take from. Uh, but anyway, I think most people are going to watch this segment and they're going to ask me, Shane, should I pay the thirty bucks? And I would say absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid it yesterday, last night, and I regret it. Um, and I do have an N64 sitting out and all the hard copies of all these games in a closet, yeah. very nearby. And these games, so do I. they do look better than you, they. You have not noticed that that move takes your life off yet, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they do look better, but not that much better. No. And honestly, they look almost as good if you get one of those HDMI conversion kits. Yeah. Like, I think it, we were it, right. We were right. Like it should have cost five or ten bucks yeah. for the year, and that would have. And you know, without the DLC thing, it probably would. Yeah. It might have. Yeah. Yeah. Why bundle that in there? Because they want more money out of you. Shady crap. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's Nintendo Switch Online plus expansion. Maybe we'll come back. I mean, here's the other thing. They data mined it, and they found that there are 38 mm-hmm. N64 yeah. games on the way and 52 Genesis games on the way. That's a good good number. That's pretty good. Yeah. The other, although the other thing is like, you know, the, like the fog thing I mentioned, that doesn't happen on Ocarina on the Wii. Or in the GameCube version that they did that. Or what about that, the 3DS version? No, because that's a whole new game. That's yeah. not an emulation. Um, but like the emulated versions on Wii, Wii U, and GameCube do not do that. Yeah. Like the, the emulation on it from, you know, 10, 15 years ago is better. What the hell? It's bonkers, dude. Yep. Further evidence they should have just kept the VC going. Yeah. Yeah. Why did they kill it? Get more money out of us. They did because different architecture. Because I had a ton of games on the virtual console. I mean, mm-hmm. those are just dust in the wind now, right? Pretty much, they're just gone. Unless you just, unless you turn your Wii U on again. But I mean, how long until that's gone? Yeah. Like, and so here I am. I just spent thirty-two dollars on these games that I already own again. The Nintendo's really good at this shit, Matt. They are getting you to keep paying for stuff you already own. Not today. Well, Not I, this time. I jumped on the grenade for you this yep. time, but and for you guys. Don't spend the money. Wait until maybe these other 38 and 52 games come out. Maybe it'll be worth it then, but then that's going to depend on the selection. You're going to reach the law of diminishing returns because especially with the N64, there just weren't that many great games mm-hmm. for it. And a lot of them are never going to be there. Yeah, and because of licensing issues yeah. or whatever. So You're never going to get GoldenEye. Yep. I jumped on that grenade for you, people. So if you own a Switch and you were thinking about spending the And you know what? If you did get GoldenEye, I bet they'd charge you extra for it. Charge extra for GoldenEye? Yeah. 
Like an extra five bucks. Extra five bucks for Golden Knight because they had to pay licensing fees for the Bond license or something. To have the Bond theme in it. Anyway, don't do it. At least, at the very least, wait until there's a lot more content. Yeah, wait and see how they if they improve it. What else gets added? It's also coming at a weird time of year. It's like if yeah. you're going to do this, put it out in the spring. Right? Was when this around the Q4? Well, was this the around the time they launched out? the service? Yeah, because so, yeah. I just renewed. Like, yeah, because yeah, because I think that was the idea. Was like put it put you know do it right around the time renewal happens. Everyone's renewing. Yeah, yeah. and it it worked for me. I mean, I paid <laughs> like a sucker. Uh, and Vincent says, if you want the Animal Crossing DLC, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a d- better deal if you want that. But I don't know that DLC didn't seem like all that in- interesting to me. Not to me. I mean, I'm sure it's interesting if you are into that with Animal Crossing. I mean, I, I know people that are super excited about that, but okay. I, not not for me. Me either. Okay, it's time for name that game, people. It was pretty awesome that someone who won last week, who was sitting in Montreal when they won, name that game was here the next week to get the stickers in person and get the reward in person and bring us liquor. Yep. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I am a little deal. I'm a little disappointed he did not leave the bottle. <laughs> He's gotta uh, sell that to people. He, no he doesn't. Yeah he does. You He's think he just sample. walks around pouring it out for people? Well if you're gonna you're gonna the guy have people sample the product. I mean I would assume he has like a case here, right? He might, but I, you don't know how much he's going to need. <laughs> Just joking. We don't, we, I'll say this. Though. We don't need to get smashed on cream liquor. <laughs> I'll say this. It's pretty good. It is good. Like, really can, good. like Canonly being honest, it, he has he sells yeah. good liquor. It's very good. And it's a... Uh, very uh very holidayish. It's got you know, yeah. some nutmeg and some cinnamon. It's I mean it's, it's very yeah. it's very like a toasty by the fire kind of kind of drink. Yep. Um and I believe he said it's the only uh black owned uh cream liqueur liquor uh in the world. In the world. Yeah. Yeah. So support your fellow sifter yeah. and get his liquor. Yep. <laughs> it was good. We're not lying to you. Cream cream. We would have lied while he was here, but now that he's gone, we're to being totally oh, yeah. honest. <laughs> cream cream L S. Was that was that it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, LS Cream maybe. No, the website's Cream LS. Oh, oh the website. Yeah, yeah the, the, the name of the liquor is LS. Yep, yep. So there you go. Hook him up. It's time for name that game. Some of you, some of y'all's favorite part of Game Face every week. Uh, for those of you who have not participated, don't know what name that game is. It's a quiz show where you guys try to beat Matt to the punch. I give you five clues about a game. You try to name what the game is. Clues start out obtuse. They get more obvious as they go with the idea of somebody getting it, either Matt or you guys. Um, chat wins all ties. In fact, I give you guys like the benefit of the doubt, like a, a big benefit of the doubt. Uh, so if Matt answers it and you answer the same thing in the next like few seconds in the chat, you guys will get mm-hmm. the victory. Um, last year he got it what on the or last week he got it on what the third clue second second clue, second yeah. clue. yeah so i didn't do you know what he should he should have taken a bottle to give to pactor that's actually a good so point. he could order a bunch of them for the party that's actually a good point never too late though if the party happens god i hope so he said he'd send some, he might send some here so he'll make sure he sends you one to give to pactor because pactor can spread the word about liquor he can yeah and pactor's wife will probably love it too yeah and yeah okay we'll do that again help out your fellow sifter if you can all right, so here we go. Let me bring up the chat on the screen so everybody can see it. And let me get some of our promo going here. If you're listening to this show out on the wilds of the internet, go to patreon.com sifted and drop us a pledge. It would be awesome. And come on our live streams at twitch.tv slash sifted games and try to beat Matt at name that game. All right, are you guys ready? Here comes the first clue. 
If you need a pick-me-up, no game is better. Mischief makers. Nope. Good one, though. <laughs> shake, 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 shake. <laughs> if you need a pick-me-up, no game is better. Let's see if chat comes up with any hmm. ideas here. Um, Gino Mike, I missed the one-time liquor is on Sifted. Sips his Jack and Coke. Wow, you're sipping Jack and Coke. Well, I was about to make fun of him for drinking on a Wednesday, and then I realized that I just drank on a Wednesday at 1 in the afternoon. So. Yeah, at work. <laughs> at work. Uh, Portal, no. Death Stranding, no. Pikmin, no. And trust me, I, I try not to give you a clue that will help you get it on the first clue because that I feel like I fail it if that happens. Banjo-Kazooie, no. All right, we'll take one more guess, and then we'll move on to the second clue. If you need to pick me up, no game is better. I don't know how Banjo comes into that. Blast Core, no, but I, I would like to do Blast Core for. Blast Core was the other one that came to mind. Oh, really? I would, I would like to use Blast Core in a future name that game. So keep that in mind. Wario, W A T R. Wario, where, maybe? No. Okay, here comes the second clue, because nobody's getting it. I was such a hit. That I had a couple offspring. I was such a hit that I had a couple Crazy offspring. Taxi. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, somebody else got it. Sneaky yeah, got, got it. got it. Sneaky got it first. Awesome. Awesome, dude. I'm glad that you won, man. You're great on, on our chat. You're always engaged. You're always asking great questions. I love it when I see people like you win. And Sneaky got it. I didn't think that the offspring would be such a dead giveaway. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know people associate that game with that. When you say Crazy Taxi, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, that's what, yeah that's, <laughs> just those two damn songs over and over again. Yeah. Great job, Sneaky. Sneaky. Congrats, man. And thanks for showing up every week um, to watch the show on the stream. Um, you always ask great questions, and you're always engaged. And I think most people on the chat like you. Seems like it. Um, so anyway, oh, you got it with Clue 1. I didn't see that. <laughs> Emperor Dread. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good job, Sneaky. Uh, send me a DM. You can do it here on Twitch. Or if you're a member of Sifted.net, and you better be, you can DM me at Shane there. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter, um, at Sifted Games, or I am at Dinfire. Um, either way, send us your full address and name, your real name, and I won't share it with anybody. But send me your real name, your full address. Make sure you include everything, like your your postal code. And if you have a province, make sure you include it. Make sure it's the whole thing. Because uh, we're trying to make this easy. I don't have to keep tracking people down to get addresses. Most of you guys have been great at it, but not everybody has. Uh, and just for fun and posterity's sake, I'll go through the, the last few clues that I had for you guys. Um, I, be, I began my life in the arcade before moving to a more thoughtful console. It's thinking. Remember, that was a Drake, right. Dreamcast tagline. Uh, my concept has since been replaced by an app. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the final clue, and if people didn't get I knew people would get it because if they Googled this, it would have pulled it up. Mr. T and Gary Busey should have been part of the cast. Hmm. Do you know what that comes from? Well, uh, Mr. T and Gary Busey? Mm-hmm. I can't, I don't know. They both started a movie called DC Cab. Oh, okay. And if you just Google Mr. T and Gary Busey, like the third result is mm. DC Cab. And I knew that would have given it away. Mm. So sometimes I do tailor the clues to make sure like they win. 
Yeah, I must have freaked out a little bit when I started bringing up Space Taxi. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. I was getting a little on edge there. Uh, but great job, Sneaky, Solid Snake. Um, again, thanks for always being on the stream. And you showed up on a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday. Um, also, by the way, everyone should watch DC Cab. It is hilarious. <laughs> Even to this day, it is still hilarious. For whatever reason, when I was a kid, it was one of those movies that I ended up watching like over and over and over again. <laughs> and it was Gary Busey before he became insane. Right. When he was actually like an actor and like a normal guy who acted crazy instead of just was crazy. Uh, but it's very funny. There's a bunch of other actors in it, too. Um, yeah. I recommend it. Even though it's from like 1983 or 84, I think it was. It's, it's an old film. But anyway, congratulations, Sneaky. Thanks for everyone else for playing. Good job, Matt. I mean, you guessed it in the second clue. That was mm-hmm. impressive, too. But by the time I turned over... There's actually a couple people who would guess Crazy Taxi, but then you wonder if they saw Sneaky and they're like, oh yeah, that's it, and then mm-hmm. they typed it in. So anyway, look at that. I think I wrapped the show right on time. Just about. Just about. I didn't think we were going to do it, and then we did it. Um, let's see. If you're listening to this show out on all the podcast services, and the show is on all the podcast services, so if you're used to watching the show on YouTube and you would rather just hear the audio, and I know if you're not like a YouTube Plus subscriber, then you can't just listen to stuff because it'll close it out. Um, You can listen to the show on all the podcast services, and it goes up on, well, this week it'll go up on Monday at noon, but when we do the show on Tuesdays, it goes up on Sunday at noon on all of them. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify. It's all out there. And please, if you can't afford to help us or you just don't want to help us because you're a jerk, (laughs) drop us a review on those podcast services. It makes a big difference. Even if you're just a fan who's a patron or you're watching on YouTube or whatever, if you go to those those, uh, podcast services and drop us a review, it makes a huge difference in rankings. Uh, So we'd really appreciate that, particularly from people who can't afford to help us financially. Um, If you can't afford to help us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. And you can pledge anything you want. You can give us just a dollar if you just want to help us buy us a cup of coffee every month. Or you can pledge a million dollars per month if you're a freaking billionaire. And there seems to be a lot more of those these days. So um, you can go there and help us however you can. Um, Yeah. And every dollar makes a difference to us. Our Patreon is not very large. Um, And I see every single person. I hate to say this because I don't want to make people feel guilty. But I see every single thing you do. I see every time one of you guys bump it up a dollar or you drop a dollar or you completely stop pledging. Patreon lets us see all that stuff. And I have noticed some of you guys have bumped up your pledges over the last few weeks here to try to help us because our Patreon is really low right now. And I really, really appreciate that. You guys are the best. You guys have always been the best. You're the best fans. And we really appreciate it. Um, You should follow all of us and Sifted on Twitter. I'm at Dinfire. Matt is at M. Kyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. And Sifted is at Sifted Games. Um, We will be back Tuesday next week to our normal time. I think we're going to have, let's see, Riders Republic, Age of Empires 4. I think Mm -hmm. I may be missing one, too. I'm um, going to play Encryption, so you're just going to have to deal with that. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll put that it one, in a that's, rundown. That's one of the big indie darlings. You're going to see that okay. in the Game of the Year conversation. Okay. We'll, we'll have it in the Maybe not Game week. of the Year, but you're going to see it in the awards season. So best indie game of the year stuff yeah, it's like gonna that. Yeah, it's going to be in that conversation. He actually pitched you. me on that game for this week's episode, and I turned it down. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so, so we're not letting this fall down the sable hole. Okay, all right. That's right. Sable. We never did cover sable afterwards. Yeah. That's right. You just don't want to have to draw it. Oh, I forgot all about that. <laughs> I do want to draw it, actually. Maybe we'll bring that back. It may be too late now. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, uh, thanks for everyone for tuning in on a Wednesday when you used to come in on Tuesday. If you want to watch the show live, other than this week, we're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash Sifted Games. So, on behalf of Matt and Steve, who's now gone, I'm Shane. We'll see you next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out.